0: Hey everyone! It is that time of the week again. It is another episode of Game Talk Radio. I am your host, Greg, and with me together, as always, again, is my co-host, John. John, how are you doing today?
1: Uh, I'm good.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so it's it's been an interesting week for me. This is my second week now of doing curbside pickup, and I don't know why, but it it's more stressful to help customers in this way. <laughs> than it was like regular customers (laughs) just walking in the door. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I put gloves on and have my face mask on and everything, but it just seems more stressful. Um, Most people have been really receptive to it. We haven't really had anybody throw any fits, and we've actually been surprisingly busy, which I shouldn't really be surprised by that, I suppose, because, well, I guess, you know, I know people have money that they're looking to spend, and they're trapped in their homes, so they want to buy stuff. Um, Yeah. But, uh I know I'd ask you this in the pre-show, but is there anything that you've been playing? Like, what's been keeping you sane in all of this? I know you've been doing a little bit of work on your house. Obviously, you built those media shelves a couple weeks ago, and I saw some pictures of you removing, like, one of those... What would you call those? They were, like, rail... It was, like, a railway on your door entrance and these big... What do you yeah. call, What do you even call those? I don't know, but, like, they're basically big pillars. They're little pillars that go up from... They were,
1: like, they were like dowels.
0: Dowels, like yes.
1: Dowels that uh, there were seven of them on... Um, like when you enter my front, the front door of my house, there's a little mini wall that has like a bookshelf on the other side of it. And then on top of the mini wall, they had these dowels that go from the top of the, that shelf up into the ceiling. And (laughs) (laughs) we've always kind of hated them and I wanted to get rid of them. And finally I was just like, you know what? I've done like five different projects in the last, like, Two months. I feel like I'm probably smart enough to get rid of these and and not massively screw anything up. Yeah. And so I just uh I just took my sawzall and I was like, all right, screw it. I just started hacking through them all. I saw that I got them down, and then uh, I used um, wood fill putty uh, to to get rid of the holes that were on the uh, the media shelf, and then once I had Th- that was annoying because I had to like, it, They were like an inch thick and I would have to like put some in and let it dry for a day and then put more
0: on. And, oh, let and then that see dry. that it wasn't enough. Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah.
1: So like it, it was, it was a process. And then I also had to, um, an easier thing was, um, I had seven holes in my ceiling then. And so I had to just buy a little, uh, patch kit for each of the holes. And I, so I threw that up there and I spackled the ceiling I still have to sand the ceiling because it's rough, but uh, hmm. I sanded and painted the the top shelf, and it looks fantastic. I'm, it's like, oh man, why didn't I do this like six years ago when I bought the house?
0: <laughs> man, you're quite the handyman. Look at you. Uh,
1: now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's amazing though. Like having your own house, like you realize you're allowed to do that stuff. So you just start doing it and it doesn't really matter if you ruin anything. Cause you, it, you would have had to pay someone to do it anyway. So you, if you have to pay someone to fix it, it's going to be the same cost. So you might as well try to do it yourself. <laughs>
1: yeah. Nicole has found a great uh, tactic to get me to do random uh, around the house work. I think uh, she just occupies my main 4k TV that I normally pay video games on. Hmm. And then it's like, ah, oh, crap. Well, what am I gonna? I can't play on the forty five inch TV. Ugh, that's gross. Peasant TV.
0: <laughs> oh no. So then I just
1: look around the house and be like, I'm gonna paint the door trim.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> so that's how she gets you to do tasks as she takes up your TV. Yes, perfect. I like it. That's that's, that's smart.
1: Is, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if she's doing it on purpose, but subconsciously, mm. it's working.
0: Well, she's a very smart, Cookie. So uh, yes, yeah. I'm sh- Oh yeah, she got your number. Um, yeah, I haven't really been playing much either, except I, I I deep dove into modding my PlayStation One Classic. Okay. And it's really easy to just do a quick software mod. Like you literally just have a FAT32 formatted USB drive, okay. and you load it up with this this. And I love that they call it Bleemcast, like or the it's the Auto bleam. So they're going with that old okay. um, PlayStation emulator for the Dreamcast Bleem. I love that, that they're using that marketing. That is awesome. Um, and you put these files on this drive, and that's it. Like, it doesn't even have to do anything like the NES Classic. Where you have to hook it up to your PC or anything. It's super easy. The problem, hmm. though, is that there's a limiter on the hardware that only pushes so much power to the USB ports. So you have to have okay. a USB 2.0 or older. Not a huge deal, except USB 2.0 is typically a lot smaller drives. And so if you want to put every PS1 game on, I think it's about 500 gigabytes roughly like Mm -hmm. between 400 and 500 gigs. And if you don't want to do that, then you're stuck. Like the biggest one I found that worked was 32 gigs, like that worked standard. Really? So 32 gig, I mean, I'm sure I could find more, but I didn't. And the compatibility list is actually, it's shockingly small. So there are some Hmm. 3.0 drives and 3.1 drives that do work with it, but they have to be ones that really consume low power and they're really small ones, whatever. And so I bought a couple different kinds to try to get the right ones and all this other stuff and then i i found the easier solution so there is a way to bypass the power limiter so there's basically resistors on the ps1 classic board and there's a okay. little there's a little jumper that basically tells it how to regulate how much power it's getting and so you can basically or you put in a jumper i should say there's there's a little like resistor and if you put in a little jumper it basically just bypasses that and just lets it have full power to the to the usb ports
1: and forward thrusters.
0: And forward thrusters and everything. Yeah. Um, and so I I, I I did that today. I had to solder. I soldered two of them. I did two of them, and they both worked. And okay. And I basically just soldered a little jumper between these little points on the board. And so now I could even use an external USB 3.0 drive that could be up to 4 terabytes if I wanted to.
1: Damn. So okay. that's pretty awesome. Now pretty I cool. don't
0: need 4 terabytes, of course, <laughs> to do all the PS1 games, but now I could use that as my everything. Like I could put every NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, Turbo Graphics, Turbo CD, Mega CD, Sega CD, everything. I could just put everything on there all the way through 64 except 64 emulation sucks. So I I tried a few games today and they ran terribly, so forget that. But I thought about it, and actually what's funny is I started it off as doing it for my brother for his birthday, actually, and his birthday was yesterday, and I tried to get it done, but I kept running into all these hiccups, right? Like, oh, this drive doesn't work, or oh, you need to get this split cable, and then you need to do a a firmware hack, and then once you do a firmware hack, then you can use the split cable that goes power and USB. I'm like, that's just... And everything was like, every time I went on Amazon to order something I needed, it was always, oh, it'll be there by Thursday. And then the next piece was, well, we'll have it to you by Friday. And then the next piece was by Monday or Tuesday. I'm like, I don't want to wait. I just want to get this done. (laughs) Uh, And then I saw that power jump hack and I was like, okay, I'll hard mod something. And it's like the easiest thing in the world. Even if you've never soldered before, this is the easiest thing you could do. But I did it, got it working. And now I've just got to load up a bigger hard drive or something with everything I want on it and the software. And then running off of that so uh pretty uh it it was it was surprisingly really fun and i do like that i do like i soft mod as a hobby i really like to do that um and you have your typical ups and downs where everything's going good and then you hit a brick wall and then you have to struggle with redoing everything five times like why isn't this working and then it just works and that's kind of the process (laughs) uh so yeah yeah that's kind of uh kind of what i've been working on instead of playing games i've been modding ps1 classics
1: i might ask you to just let me get the files from you I'll just just get the the finished working product
0: you mean the illegal <laughs> files john well, i don't know
1: well <laughs> i i own like 450 ps1 games so i'll just ask you for those
0: games that is true i feel like i'm the only person allowed to own <laughs> all those roms since i've at one time owned all those games through the store but no and i don't <laughs> redistribute them obviously if you if you do you have a ps1 classic or you're just looking for the files yeah. okay if you want i could do the hack for you too i mean it's it's very easy it's the easy it's like the easiest thing i could ever do it takes me like 15 minutes maybe so yeah and then I'll you can just plug in that out and then and, that, and then once you've got that done you literally just copy a bunch of files to as long as the drives formatted in fat 32 you just copy the the blem files and then there's a games folder there just copy all the isos or it actually works with pbps too which are the file that you put ps1 games into to be read by the psp so, like, if you had a modded PSP, you put PS1 games into PBP format, and then it reads them as PSP software. It, it reads those, too, uh, so it's another really nice format. But what's nice about that is, say you have a multi-disc game like Final Fantasy VII, there's one PBP for all of Final Fantasy VII. There's not... Oh, okay. Like, when you do an ISO, you've got disc one, disc two, and disc three, and then, so a lot of times in an emulator, you have to, like, save state, switch to disc two, load a new disc, and, like... I don't know make it work i guess uh, it's always it's just kind of annoying you know because you can don't play that game or just don't play that game and and if you remember though multi-disc games were like the bee's knees on ps1 so if you had a multi-disc game that was awesome i mean how many how many were there though i mean I, the ones i
1: remember were like final fantasy 7 like you said uh well I'll, a couple of final fantasy games and then like uh fear effect and fear effect 2 and Yeah, and then you even had some weirdies
0: too, like I think Colony Wars was originally a two-disc game. Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, Maybe Uh, G-Police. Technically, there's stuff like Command & Conquer had the Nod and the GDI disc, and then you had, um, like, a lot of the RPGs, like I think Tales of Destiny 2 I think was a two-disc game. Um, Grandia one? Was that? No, I think that was just one in a dual case, but anyway. Mostly, it was just the really good RPGs, but...
1: I kind of wonder if uh, that That Mario 64 PC port uh, is going to possibly break open emulation a little bit better uh, for PC and 64 games.
0: I don't know. I wonder. I mean, they are able to reverse engineer it. So I wonder if like that would be awesome. That'd be great. And 64 emulation on a good PC can usually work pretty well. There's a lot of different emulators people working on but i don't know like for me because with the 64 you typically have to have individual settings for each game to make it run better which is kind of weird weird. and it's not it's not like user-friendly at all and some games run perfect like there's probably 10 to 20 games that just run perfect and like i played a little bit of no mercy today and it was just slow like like it was just (laughs) at maybe 75 percent speed and it's like well it's playable but Not like the way it should be played. So, did
1: you hear that the um, I don't know, I don't know a lot about wrestling anymore, but uh, there's the that federation that's not WWE, um, it's like AEW or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're apparently working with Aki on a game.
0: So, I have heard that rumor, and the thing is, so Aki doesn't exist anymore, they've changed names completely, but they are still out there. But ever since they did galactic wrestling 2 which we didn't get here we just got the first one on ps2 they did a sequel in japan after that they changed names to something else i forget what the name is now because i was actually just looking this up like a few weeks ago okay and they have been working on like i think 3ds ports of games or something like that and so they are yeah. around but i don't know now don't get me wrong if they somehow still have the rights to that engine and they still have it and they can use it to make an AEW game. I will you know I'll freak for that. Like that'd be amazing. Um but I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> well,
1: like Def Jam Fight for New York was so much better than it had any rights to be.
0: So, you know what's funny? I actually hate those games and I don't think they're okay. that good. I do and I, I but what I did like was I liked Ultimate Muscle for GameCube. I just okay. wish it had Without been more... the same
1: game controls.
0: Yes, essentially it was the same okay. style game, except it it didn't have like pinning. I think you just knocked like if you used a special on a guy, I think it meant it was over, kind of like WWE All Stars, or you would knock people out like with a life bar. That's how their system worked. It wasn't like a actual wrestling game where you had to pin them and everything. But like that was really fun. And then Galactic Wrestling for PS2 was also fun. But I don't know why there's something about the 64 controller that makes that game. I, I hate mm. I hate to say that. Like I wish it wasn't true because. Fight for New York and def Jam vendetta like the ps two controller arguably is a more superior controller, so it should be better on that and I don't know if for me if it was just a weirdness thing like it's just something I have to get used to, but I did I struggled with it pretty pretty bad
1: I played that on Xbox and i I thoroughly enjoyed it I'm not and I wasn't a big rap fan mm. back then, and I also was not a big fan of of wrestling games i used I just used to play. Um, a lot of the Aki wrestling games with my buddy, Tom, uh, we would hang out and, and like, I was always, I would always go into the crowd and like grab chairs and crap.
0: Mm, Uh, That
1: was was one of my favorite things. And he would, uh, let me win sometimes.
0: So you're telling me that (laughs) if I put together a no mercy tournament, you will be there.
1: I, yeah, I'll, I'll get eliminated immediately, but I'm, I would probably enjoy it.
0: (laughs) You know what that's but we need that. we need people who are who are s tier like myself. we need mid tier and we need low tier because we need someone to beat on, dude. it happens plus <laughs> plus, if you get into a three way match, then you can be the wild card and it can be two really good people having a match, and you throw a third person there who just screws everything up all the time. It's incredible. We've had some of the best matches I've ever seen have been with like two really good players and you just throw in someone who's just dicking around with everything it's amazing. <laughs> that would be me.
1: Uh, as you're talking, I was like, I wonder if they have the creative elements to make the gobbledygooker in that game.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. But, uh, we'll <laughs> do you find remember out. that guy? Yes. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> um, you can make some weird ass people, though. I can tell you that. And, and actually, if we play it again, I might consider going with Virtual Pro Wrestling 2. Uh, in Japan, had a ton more options for Creative Wrestler than we got here because they Virtual Pro is basically, I want to say, Virtual Pro Wrestling 2 was the one that came out right before WrestleMania two thousand. So they okay. kinda run similar and they have crate Wrestler stuff. And then I don't think they did another one in Japan. Like they didn't do a Virtual Pro Wrestling three. And then we got No Mercy after WrestleMania two thousand. And wrestle and No Mercy was a huge like upgrade. Um hmm. I mean both both are still good, but like it, it had better frame rate for like when you're in the uh like in a steel cage match and stuff like that. So just, okay. just little changes, you know. Uh but it well, was let's, good.
1: Uh... Let's transition to something that I used to use or do a lot of uh, making my friends in uh, the game. Uh, so I'm really excited about the announcement of the re- re- remasters of Tony Hawk One and Two. Yes, that got announced yesterday. They announced
0: that yesterday. Uh, Jeff Keighley announced it. He's on this weird, actually, like, announcing everything kick this week.
1: I I just saw uh, Wario sixty four post a uh, a tweet from. Or no, it was a text message from Tony Hawk, like, announcing the game. So that's how I saw it. But I thought that game looked fantastic. I'm really excited because I loved the Tony Hawk games back in the day up until American Wasteland. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed them. I, I hated Thug, too, because it was way too much Bam Margera. I, I didn't um, like
0: Thug at all, but I understand that pe- a lot of people did, but I did not. I, th- I thought that's when I thought it started getting weird, you know? It was like, oh, do a mission for this guy, this guy. And I was like...
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the levels were kind of neat. Like, there were some good levels in Tony Hawk Underground, one, but two, like, it was super cartoony and the levels were terrible and the extra characters were terrible. They had that, uh, they had like Jesse James from like Monster Garage. Oh, yes, yes. In it as a playable character and he rode a modded Segway scooter.
0: Oh, sure, sure.
1: And then they also had Benjamin Franklin in the game. (laughs) And he was a big skateboarder.
0: Of, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah.
1: One of his <laughs> special moves was uh, he whipped out a kite and it got hit by electricity. Dude, um, that's
0: just historically accurate. I love yeah, it. So everything after everything, <laughs> that game
1: on, we can forget. Uh, maybe take some of the levels from it. But but yeah, the one and two are some of my favorites. I'm a little annoyed that they they're locking the ability to play the demo behind reserving the game digitally. Because I had not I had heard that, that. Yeah, so you, in order to play the warehouse demo from Tony Hawk 1, you have to reserve the game digitally on Xbox One or PS4. And I want to play that demo really badly because I think that, um, was it PlayStation Underground demo disc?
0: Oh, yeah. was oh, one yeah. of
1: my most played demos ever. Um, me and my buddy, we would go to his house and play that for like, probably two months straight before the game came out. Uh, and I loved it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind reliving that a little bit, but it sounds like I'll just have to wait until the game itself comes out. Cause I'm not going to buy it digitally.
0: It's, it's, it's funny because it's very similar to the final fantasy seven demo for me. The demo itself is nostalgic for me. Uh, and I, yeah. I will, I have to say, I think that's terrible. I didn't know that. And I think that's terrible that they're locking the demo behind a, f- a digital pre-order. That's really really obnoxious. Wow, that's really yeah. annoying.
1: I'm uh, I'm probably gonna buy the collector's edition of the game because there's a regular edition for forty, and then there's a collector's edition for a hundred, and the collector's comes with a uh, Tony Hawk. Uh, it's a, I think it's exclusive to the collector's edition skateboard, uh, and I have, I have the Tony Hawk. Uh, what Re- is that? Project Not. eight. Oh. I have the project yeah. eight skateboard that came with the collector's edition from target. Um, I also have a Tony Hawk skateboard from American wasteland that I actually got from E three back in 2005. Um, so this would be my third Tony Hawk. Oh. So it's skateboard part of the collection. You gotta do it. Yeah. You yeah. got to do that. So I'm pumped about that.
0: So I have uh, some questions for you since I think you looked into yeah. it a little bit more than I did. So I heard about it and I went, okay, cool. Uh, here's a couple of my concerns. One, I think, and I heard, I heard, because I was talking to my associate Charlie today about it, but so apparently they're going to put in most of the original music. Yes. That's what I've heard. So obviously they may not have been able to get every song that's in the game. I do see that as a miss. Like, I, I, I have a hard time believing that they couldn't get the rights to every song, but I understand that I know how it works sometimes with music rights and artists and bands change and it's fine. But I'm a little worried that when they say most of the music, like, what does that mean? Like 51%, you know?
1: Um, I think there's probably going to be upwards. I, I would, this would be totally a guess, but like, I think 60 to 70% of music is probably gonna be in the game. I don't think, uh, yeah. I don't think they're, they're going to have anything that's going to be wildly missing. I mean, uh, su- Goldfinger Superman is definitely in the game. Uh, They have uh, Raging at the Machine, I think, had a song in the game. Power Man 5000 is going to be in it. Um,
0: Well, was it the first one or the second one that had uh, the Papa Roach song? I think it was the first one. Maybe it was the second one.
1: I don't remember the Papa Roach song. And and I mean,
0: they're still around, so I'm sure it will be. um, I'm surprised you don't remember it because it was, I want to say that was like the warehouse level of, I think, the second game. I'm pretty sure it's the second one, whatever that first, maybe it was the first one, but I just remember like you'd start skating down and that track would hit, man. It was just like, it was awesome. I think if the song was what? Like fest, does that,
1: you could mess with the soundtrack in the game and like picks which songs you wanted to play and which songs you didn't want to play. Okay. Um, so I think, uh, I don't think everything, anything was specific to a certain area. Oh, okay. I just um, always remember.
0: Yeah, I guess that's right because it didn't always play but I just remember whenever it would kick up on that level, it was just awesome. So, but anyway, so that's a minor complaint. It's not even a complaint. It's a concern next. And and even if
1: you, even if you cared a lot, you could just, uh, I know you can do it on actually both consoles let you do it. You could just fire up Spotify. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Tony Hawk one playlist
1: playlist or Tony Hawk two playlist and just fire that up while you play the game. So even if you're going to complain about the, the music soundtrack being different, just, load up the fire of the Spotify app before you start the game.
0: Yes. So that's not a bad idea. Uh, so my second concern, they talked about adding multiplayer. Yes. Right. So is that going to be like a free skate mode where people just come into your game and you can free skate or is it going to be like the mode where it was, you know, like horse where you go and do a trick and they have to do a similar trick or at least get more points than you.
1: Uh, well there was a number of multiplayer modes that were added with Tony Hawk 3. Um, And Tony Hawk 3 on PS2 was actually like the first online console game for the PlayStation because you could actually hook up a USB modem to your PS2 before the PS2 network adapter was released. Like in the back in the back of uh, the Tony Hawk 3 manual, they talk about how to get online with that game. So yeah, NeverSoft was doing online multiplayer before Sony was even doing it.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um, and you could do free skate, you could do trick attack, uh, which is what you're talking about, where you just have to beat like the high mm-hmm. score. And then there was uh, graffiti, where you'd race around the level, and then you'd do a trick. Like, say you did like a forty uh, combo trick, and you hit like. 15 different things while you're doing it. It would turn every single piece of the level that you touched with that uh, combo line your color until somebody else hit it. So a lot of times I would play online and I wouldn't have anything until the very end of the round. So you'd go like the full two minutes and I'd have zero until I finally landed my trick and then I'd have like 40. (laughs) And I would steal away Everything that that other person touched, which was a good time.
0: Nice. So, yeah, the,
1: there's some cool modes, and I think they said that they're going to do um, it's going to do same system multiplayer as well as online multiplayer, so you can play it. Uh, couch co op, which is nice. That's awesome. Uh, Vicarious Visions is developing it. They did the Crash Bandicoot uh, remasters, and those were great, and the graphics are phenomenal on that game. Nice. So, I think it's in good hands. I'm very happy that Robo Moto is not involved. And I think they're even out of business. So not, not very often do I celebrate that a game company went out of business, but God, I did not enjoy anything they touched.
0: Yes, I agree. Well, and so my final concern then is how much are they going to change the game? Because Tony Hawk one and two like strictly had timer based levels where it was, it was fun though. Like you would, you'd get like your two minutes and you had to do as many objectives as you could but then you got to redo it. The objectives you already got were done and you just did other objectives and you did that until you were, had all the objectives to basically pass the level or whatever. So I think I, it, I think it was three or four was the first one to take the time of it away. Was that three or was it four? four? Four.
1: Four. was the first one where you were doing quest.
0: Yeah. So four was like the first one where they just put you in a level and said, hey, do take as much time as you want. It was a fundamental yep. shift in the game because it changed like a core mechanic are they going to change that in this game? Or is it going to be just timed levels? Because as much as I love the nostalgia of the timed levels, I think it was a good change to like, just let people play the game, you know? Cause I know that, and I know there was a free skate mode. You could just go in there without time limit, but like you couldn't do the objectives. So I don't know. That's, that's th- kind of my three concerns with the game so far.
1: I think that for this remaster, they're not going to mess with that two minute timer. Um, because the, the Tony Hawk five massively messed with that timer and it was garbage and it just didn't make sense. Like they had, uh, they had, um, they had points where it was like a three or a four minute timer. And so like, it would be like, get a six score. And the six score would be like 200,000 points. And I would have the 200,000 points in like 15 seconds. And then I had to continue to wait. For that timer <laughs> to tick down. So that way I could end that. And and get credit for that yeah. goal. Because you couldn't quit on. early.
0: Because if you quit early. You right. quit and lost all your progress. Yeah.
1: Now in the old games you could quit early. So like say you were just wanted to get the secret tape. You could go hit the ramp. Get the secret tape. And immediately just end the run. And it would give you credit for doing that goal. Yeah. And so if you wanted to just tick them off one by one, you could. Uh, And then the other thing that you could do, which I would always challenge myself to later in the game, because I played way too much Tony Hawk, um, (laughs) was I would try to get all of the goals in one run. So in one two-minute segment, I wanted to knock out all of them. And in the first game, I believe you only had five goals. And then in the second game, they added, I think, another five. So they were up to ten. And... I got to the point where I could do most of the levels in Tony Hawk One and Two with one two-minute run. Uh, and in Tony Hawk Two, I really liked that. Um, so each skater had their own stats and their own collectibles. And so when you beat the game with Tony Tony Hawk, you could then go to Bob Burnquist and you could play the game again, and you could get progress with that skater. And, and finish the game at 100%. And mm. I, I did it with everyone, and I also created, like, every friend I knew and made them in the game and then played the game as them.
0: Interesting. Yep. Yeah, you're going to weird. do it. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Jesus. You don't mess around, basically.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that, it like, I can kind of re-experience um, that same... Like level of entertainment from the Tony Hawk games, because uh, I tried to play Five and it was it was a damn garbage fire. It was so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I I've heard you complain about that game, and I I've never played it. Dave shreds it every time, no pun intended. Like every time he talks about it, and in fact, someone will want to buy it, and they'll say something like they're like, they'll want to get it. They won't even ask his opinion. They'll just like say, I'm going to get this. And he starts just laying into the game and how bad it is. And I'm like, Hey man, like, I understand if someone asks you how it is, I'm okay. I want you to be honest, but don't go out of your way for someone who's buying something to like crap all over it. You know, we have our return policy. They can bring it back if they don't like it. But I'm like, you know, we did buy this game. So we need to (laughs) not discourage people from selling it or from buying it from us. And there's something to be said too, about how, Sometimes people want to buy something and if we say it's not good, they'll feel embarrassed even if they still want to buy it. They may not want to buy it from us and they may go buy it somewhere yeah. else because they just didn't want to deal with me trashing the game or them looking stupid in front of us for, you know, for for them buying it still when we told them like how much it sucks.
1: Now, I I was also I'm very much like Dave when I worked at GameStop. I definitely encouraged people to not buy Tony Hawk 5 a lot.
0: Yeah, Fair Um, enough.
1: Although I did not have any vested financial interest in selling that game. (laughs) So I did not buy it from a customer for for a a dollar amount and then need to sell it. Um, I'm shocked at how much that game still costs at most places because it is one of the worst places. Whatever console that game is on, um, bottom five, tony hawk 5 mm. in that bottom
0: five oof that is rough
1: yeah well and it was it's weird too because like the the game came out and it had a patch bigger than the game day one and it was like what's on this disc because <laughs> you just you just pushed a 10 gigabyte down da- or update to my console and <laughs> the disc only had like three gigs on it so it's like did you ship anything on the disc? Is this game even playable (laughs) if you don't update it?
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that game. Yeah. That game was like, I guess, I don't know how else you would say it except just an utter flop. Like that, that game just tanked bad.
1: One of my selling techniques at GameStop when people were asking about that game was I said, I said, you could give your grandmother Tony Hawk two on PlayStation one, put her in the level editor and your grandmother that knows nothing about video games could make better levels than the professional game developers oh, no. made and shipped on that disc. <laughs> a a small half pipe and like one kicker ramp would be more entertaining in Tony Hawk 2 than every level in Tony Hawk 5.
0: <laughs> that's just mean that's just that's just rude john but yeah, so they're yeah. remaking Tony Hawk 1 and 2. I think that's awesome. And when I say I have concerns, those concerns are not going to stop me from buying it. I'll buy that day one and I will I will play that a lot. I don't remember when I started playing Tony Hawk. I don't think it was the first one because I remember hating it for no reason. Like I remember talking <laughs> trash about it. Like, yeah, no reason whatsoever. And then eventually played it and was like, oh, okay, I get it. And it was just a really cool, just it was just a fun game. Um, And the music was incredible. Like that, that soundtrack of Tony Hawk 1 and 2... Um, the Need for Speed Underground soundtrack. Like, there's just certain games that just had these just awesome, perfect soundtracks, and 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 that's definitely up there for me.
1: What? So you said Need for Speed soundtrack or Underground soundtrack? Underground. What is the first song that you think of when you think of that game?
0: Well, you think of the the Little John song Th- through the window. Is that actually the name of the song? I don't know. Bah, I was rahm, thinking rahm, of uh, you
1: yeah. know is is that Riders on the Storm?
0: no that's uh, th-
1: th- the doors
0: and snoop uh,
1: snoop cover <laughs> yes
0: yeah. you know john we don't talk about that okay i happen to be a night a, a doors <laughs> fan and that are you not a fan of that one that is damn near blasphemous <laughs> and that was not i don't think that's on the first game i think that's an on underground is two. The second one? i i okay. god i hope so because i might have to retract the statement about the soundtrack being awesome <laughs> if that one's on it, that song's whenever- rancid whenever-
1: I hear car fans be like, oh, man, Underground 2 is my favorite game ever. Just think to myself, I bet your car looks real stupid.
0: (laughs) That game was a that game. Speaking of that, we saw I saw somebody across the street at the gas station. They had like an old like Aerostar van. and it had a huge spoiler on the top and it was all purple and it had a drift kit bumper in the front. And I was like and I knew it was a drift kit bumper because I bought one. Uh, a long time ago to put on my Cavalier and it it didn't fit my model Cavalier so I had to like return it or I ended up selling it to someone else but oh my goodness it was that was actually a really upsetting part of my life because I bought the drift kit from a guy on these forums paid for it and I don't think he shipped it for like six months and then the guy was impossible and then they banned him from the forums and so we're just like well what are we supposed to do like this guy owes a bunch of us money. And then one day, I don't know what it was. I think I talked to my bank because this is going to sound terrible. This is what it's like when you're, like, a poor 21-year-old. And I refinance my car loan to squeeze out, like, the 1000 bucks to buy this, like, body kit for my Cavalier. <laughs> you know? Like, and then so I went to the bank and I was like, hey could you guys call him? Cause I had his number and they actually did like the teller called and said, Hey, you know, this is the bank. We did the loan for him to get the extra money for this thing. And then like, he sent it like a week later. So I got lucky with it, but I thought that money was long gone. I was about to learn a, a harsh lesson, but
1: I've learned some of those hard lessons. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I was going to jokingly
0: say, I was going to learn a John lesson, but I didn't want to say that because I don't like to joke about that because I know what it's like. And it's not really like, it is your fault, but you were learning. You know, I mean, like how, yes. how, how hard of a time can you give someone when you're learning, you know, but well, I had, uh, God, I was
1: dumb. Uh, I was dumb until I pretty much turned 25, uh, <laughs> which I'm 37 now. So yeah. it's, you, had, you've
0: had a good 12 years, John, you yeah, had a really, yeah. you've really turned your life around. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Like I easily someone, and not. I hope this doesn't get too personal. Like easily someone in your situation could have gone South very quickly. And you, yeah. you stayed the course, man. And you, you got like, you know, um, and you just, you, you know, you've got, you got a house, a wife, yeah, a beautiful family, man. And it just, you know, I mean, you did it. You, 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 of all the possible scenarios, not many leading to positivity. Like you found it. And I, I'm always happy for you for that, man.
1: For anybody that has, has no idea what we're not talking about, like drugs. Um, or so <laughs> when I, when I turned 21, I got about 550. Thousand dollars from a trust fund, yes, and I spent it in some of the most extravagant ways that don't involve a drug problem.
0: uh <laughs> um, Imagine, like, including as a game I, as a game collector getting five hundred thousand dollars, like, and a comic book collector and a statue collector and, and, cars, and a car guy, and, and yeah. A, yeah mm-hmm.
1: Um, but like the one of the worst one of the worst financial decisions I made, which was also one of my, the last decisions I made with this money was, uh, I, I had some shyster jackass convince me to buy, uh, two, uh, Nissan, G- Nissan Skyline GTRs, um, uh, R32 and R33 from Japan. And so I bought them and I, it was $30,000 and, uh, they were shipped in a container disassembled and then when they got to the port of la the customs agent opened up the um the container he said your your shipment is going to violate the california clean air act um which technically wasn't true because there was actually nothing in that container that could produce emissions there was no exhaust engine transmission they were all they were all going to be shipped separately so uh he just he knew what i was doing he um, cause those cars were illegal to own in the U S there's a 25 year law in the U S um, where if a car wasn't brought over to the U S for sale, you can't have it in the U S legally until it's 25 years
0: old. Yeah. Which, I was, what, what a stupid rule. Like, I yeah, it is it's, a dumb it's, rule. it's so stupid.
1: Um, and so, yeah, I, I bought that. It got to California and then it got seized. <laughs> and so when it got seized, I lost $30,000. And I was like, oh man, and I don't drink really at all. Um, Like I haven't been quote unquote drunk in probably like, uh, I would say eight, eight years the last time I was at manager conference. And then prior to that, I, or when I was at manager conference eight years ago, and then prior to that, it was probably another like six years where I hadn't been drunk since then either. So I really don't drink. And I got blackout drunk for two days straight Mm. and did not remember any of it. So like I woke up, I woke up on my friend's floor in Appleton uh, and they were like, yeah, you vomited and we just cleaned around you. Oh (laughs) man.
0: So let me ask you this. Was that like your last 30,000 or was Uh, it like, like, or was it not? Okay. It was okay. So like, that was kind of like a, like, Hey, this is the rest of my money. I'm gonna do something cool with it. And then it was just gone
1: that was it was it was my attempt so the idea was i was gonna i was gonna get the cars into the u.s uh i i had a guy that was gonna reassemble them and then i was gonna sell them for a profit and then do it again oh sure and that did not happen
0: why doesn't Um, everybody just do that oh yeah because they get seized in california
1: yes Uh, um wow yeah Technically, one of the one of the cars would be legal now because it's now over twenty five years old. The yeah. the R thirty two vehicles are were from like nineteen eighty eight to like nineteen ninety two, I believe. Um, and I owned I owned a nineteen ninety one uh, GTS T Skyline for about probably five years. Nice. Um, even after even after this happened, I I had bought it from a guy in Tennessee. And I had no idea where the hell it came from. I I enjoyed owning it. It was fun to drive. Uh, And I got rid of it after uh, people on the Skyline USA forum started getting their cars seized. Like the FBI was like just knocking on people's doors being like, we know you own cars. And like they did it to the guy that that owned the forum and he had no cars. He (laughs) just enjoyed. He was just an enthusiast (laughs) for that car, but he didn't own one himself. And they like searched his house, his parents' house, and the, a um uh, storage unit that he had nearby because they were they were convinced that he had illegal vehicles in his what, house.
0: What year was that? Do you remember roughly what year that was? Um wanna say like oh three or something? Probably No,
1: um I well I I bought it probably around 2004 or five. And then I got rid of that car around 2010.
0: Okay. So you're saying, so, so you're saying the FBI had nothing better to do in 2010, except chase people down with illegal <laughs> foreign cars. Yeah. My God. Yep. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah. Um, it was pretty silly, but yeah, actually I know there's a regular customer that comes into my store. His brother is in Japan now and they do that. They bring over cars as they hit the 25 year age and they start to okay. like, they buy them cheap there. They fix them up into a certain enough, good enough condition, bring them mm-hmm. over. And then everyone's getting all excited because it's about time for the R. Either it's time now, or it's about to be time for the R34s. Like the, uh, the skyline R34. I want to Those s-
1: were 98. Uh, so I think they still have about three years. A couple more
0: years. Yeah. And so like there yeah. right now they're buying them up and like storing them and like getting them fixed up enough where they run storing them. And then once they get to the 25 year, his plan is to just make a ton on them over here, which fast and the furious is still really popular. So I think they're going to do all right.
1: (laughs) The the crazy thing is, so the car I bought uh, that I had and, and didn't get seized, I bought it for about 10 grand. Um, At the time when I imported those skylines, you could buy that model car in Japan for like, 1500 bucks and yeah. get it shipped for another thousand dollars. And because they're not like, they're not crazy, crazy vehicles. it was like 210 horsepower. Now, if you want to import that same car, they're closer to like 15 to $20,000. Yeah, it's nuts. And yeah, it's not worth it because it's like, nobody will insure that car for what it's worth. So unless you're paying a ridiculous amount of money for insurance. So
0: if you crash,
1: if, if I had that car and I paid 20 grand for it they'd be like all right it's a 1991 nissan here's your 500 dollars."
0: yeah let's see oh the blue book value <laughs> on that is 700 dollars. here you go right oh okay i only yeah. paid 20 grand to import but yeah yeah okay well and that would be one of those things you'd probably have to find like you said a special company to ensure that because yeah jesus <laughs> so yeah
1: that's that's a small taste of of john's stupid two years of uh spending way too much money
0: yes i mean now one of the better things you did buy was the bmw m3 yes you know and and i remember i remember when you bought it and you brought it to the mall because we're working at GameStop and we, we like i didn't drive i did i drive it i think i did i don't know I remember you asked me and then I told you how I do burnouts and I'm not saying like I taught you how to do burnouts, but you asked me like how you do it. And then I was like, Oh, well, you know, you hold the, you know, you, you have the pop the clutch or you have the clutch in and then you, you know, rev to like half and then just pop the clutch and, and, uh, watch the tires go. And it did and I remember we did it in the, in the bay park square parking lot and it was just like awesome like god i I felt like and and i i could be wrong on the memory but my memory is that like i taught you how to do that and it made me very happy like i was like oh cool john asked me how i like how i squeal the tires basically you know (laughs) Um, i think
1: well um that car you needed to turn off traction control and stability control in order to do burnouts sure and uh one time, I did this. So I was like, I had a bunch of dumb teens in my car, and I was trying to look uh, look impressive. And I was like, watch this. And I was like, I turned off traction control. I turned off stability control. And I was in De Pere, uh, by what is now a roundabout, uh, which you probably know well. Um, so I was I was at the stoplight uh, off that roundabout, and I floored it. And I did, I spun the car out into a parking lot and then I drove away <laughs> and about an hour later, I'm, I, I dropped those, those, uh, guys off. And then I, I, I went to pick up my girlfriend and so I was coming back to that same area cause we were going to walk on the, the trail. And, uh, as I'm going through the, uh, uh, cops pulled me over like an hour after I did this and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> What's, what's going on so the i don't know if i don't know if i ever told you the story but the um the parking lot i spun out into was the DePere police station parking lot <laughs> i did hear that yeah. <laughs> so, so there was probably a, like a chief of police behind his desk like staring out his window and just hears tires squealing and some idiot spun out in their parking lot and so i got pulled over like right there and they're like the cops are like, you know, I pulled you over. It's like, um, no, no. sir. <laughs> oh, and, and he points over to the 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 building, and he's like, uh, that building right there is the uh, the police headquarters that you spun out into an hour ago. And I'm like, oh, I mean, well,
0: great. now now, do you think do you think you could have been like that wasn't me? I mean, like, would they? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have lied about it until uh, they let me off, but.
1: Also, my sister, so my sister didn't know that I owned this BMW, and I'm getting, I'm getting a ticket, and my phone rings, and it's my sister, and I'm like, I gotta go. I'm busy. (laughs) And so I hung up, and she calls me like an hour later, she's like, were you in that BMW that spun out into the the
0: parking lot and got pulled over? I was like,
1: how did she know?
0: (laughs) Was she drive by or what?
1: Uh, she she was walking by with her boyfriend at the time. Nice. And saw me get pulled over and was like, That's my brother.
0: She's why like why fir- he in that car? She's like, first question, why why is my brother in a BMW? And second question, why was he spinning out in a police parking lot? <laughs> I don't know if she saw
1: the initial spin out, but she definitely saw the me getting pulled over. But yeah, it was it was weird because I hadn't like I was keeping that the fact that I bought that car secret from my family because my mom was like if you spend any of this money I'm going to disown you and i was like oh all right fine <laughs> i just won't say anything
0: <laughs> i uh yeah i remember that and and with some of that money though you bought my nes collection yep i want to say I still own. yeah which you still own i want to say it was about 400 uh, 400 games and i think you paid about 1200 bucks i think is about yeah, right t-
1: i think 1400 bucks and i remember getting them from uh you had them in your closet yeah uh yep. In that apartment that you lived in,
0: yeah, that was. Uh, did I? I wonder. I think I sold them to when I was still on Anderson Drive. That was the one right uh, by. I don't Or was think it in so, De Pere? I
1: lived. I think it was in De Pere because I lived on Anderson at one point. So I think it was a different
0: apartment. Nice. Yeah,
1: it was. It was an apartment that had like a. Um, I think it had like water features and stuff. Yeah, like yeah,
0: that was. Um, that was actually. It's kind of by. It's right across the river from my store. Basically, it's the whatever the lake park estates there by the Taco okay. Bell, um, like by where Manhattan lanes used to be and, uh, all that over there. So yeah, it's kind of like back, back by there. Um, yep. But yeah, so it was a long time ago. And, uh, yes, yeah, that was my, and I, I, cause I remember thinking at the time I had like that much money in debt, in credit card debt and I hated it. <laughs> and I was like, will you buy these from me John at this price? And you are like, sure. And so I did it and I was happy and you seemed to be happy because you just like, boom, had instant NES collection and, uh, yep. yeah. and I had, I'd been collecting that cause that was probably around Oh three or Oh four. Yeah. And I think I had been collecting again since like 2000. So it'd been like four years of NES collecting. And I used to go to, it was the, it was the toy exchange, which later would become GB games. And they had just every, I would go there every payday. And I reserved a hundred bucks cause they had a three for 10 deal and all their NES games. And so I would go there and just pick out 30 NES games that I didn't have. And I would do it like every two weeks. <laughs> and so I had reserved like $200 a month, which obviously I was going into credit card debt hence <laughs> having to sell them all to you. Uh, but it worked out. So I'm glad you still Actually, have them. It's, it's funny that they're all in this. It's, they're still around, you know,
1: it's funny that you bring up toy exchange because uh, the, I didn't, I haven't played a lot of games this week, but one of the games I did play was something that I bought from toy exchange uh, like 15 years ago <laughs> and is now worth significantly more than I paid for it.
0: Nice. Uh, I what was would that playing
1: Kio's flying squadron. Nice. On, uh, on my, uh, since the game's made by JV, JVC, I felt I should bust out the JVC XI. Sure. Uh, and, uh, I was playing that and I don't like that game. <laughs> no,
0: it's just, it's, it's <laughs> such a wacky schmup. Well, let me ask you, this. it's do really you, hard. Do you know how much you paid for it back then? Did you have like the original receipt or anything? I,
1: I think I paid about 90 bucks for
0: it. Nice. Not too bad. Now it's worth about, what, 1400 1500 Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, what's funny about that is at one point I had three of them in the store. Three Damn. of them at the store. And I sold the first one, I think, at like six or 700 Then the next one was like 1000 And I think the last one I sold at 1299 or something like that. It's crazy wow. how much that game's I'm gone surprised up. you. I'm surprised you sold all three of them. I know, right? Like, it's such a pricey game. And it's pretty obscure. And it's honestly not great. So you know but it doesn't matter it's, it's rare so people want it
1: it's really hard like <laughs> i i was surprised at how quick i was dying in that game but it's the, your character so big that it's hard to avoid a lot of the bullets because it's just a massive target on the screen
0: yeah a lot of times with shmups people don't realize this like there's a little hitbox box it's in like the middle of your character so oftentimes a bullet will graze your ship and even hit you, and it doesn't kill you because it's not actually part of the hitbox. But yeah. in that game, like the full character models are the hitbox, so it's way harder to dodge anything. It's really it, it is pretty obnoxious.
1: Yeah, I was playing that. I played uh, actually I played lancer which I got years ago and is also now a super expensive game. Uh, mm-hmm. And lancers awesome. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if I played much of it but god that is a good game um and it still holds up and has some great ideas like it's got auto fire um and like there's just some great ideas in that game and it's surprising that it never got a u.s release also the full game is in english like, yeah, 100 yeah. percent of it is in <laughs> english it's very bizarre
0: that's awesome All right, John. So we're already 50 minutes in. We haven't uh, talked about any stories, but it's okay because we've been reminiscing (laughs) over some good stuff, but we've only really got two stories to talk about today. The first one is kind of a two-parter, but we're going to go into uh, last week. They did an Xbox series X first look live stream. And it was, you know, it was, uh, Hey, here's some games coming out for Xbox series X. Cool. Right? Like I don't see anything wrong with that. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to kind of scrub the video as we, Talk about some of the games we thought were cool, um, but then we're going to go into the fact that apparently people at Microsoft have felt the need to apologize because there was an uproar about the quote unquote quality of the live stream, and people felt bamboozled because they were promised like they were promised something. I don't know. It's weird. Like like I'm looking at the GameSpot video right now on YouTube. It was their live stream. It had six thousand thumbs up and four thousand thumbs down. Hmm. Just crazy. Uh, And then we're going to talk about uh, a pair of quote unquote industry experts. One of them is an industry expert (laughs) Um, is have, have predicted that the Xbox series X is going to be $400 and undercut Sony's projected price of $500 by a hundred bucks. So that'll be interesting. But uh, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, One of those people being Michael Pachter, who is notorious for being wrong all the time with his uh, recommend or with his predictions. And so of course I found uh, a things he's been wrong about <laughs> uh, collection. And actually yeah, this should
1: be fun because I haven't seen this. So and, it'll, it'll be fun to reminisce about all the stuff he's an idiot about.
0: And this is only this only this article is only from 2015. So it's very interesting to me that there's probably a whole lot more that, uh, <laughs> that he's been wrong about that. I don't have any info it's, on.
1: It seems like he hasn't been as quoted in the last like couple years. Like, I wonder if he crawls out of his uh, hole in the ground for console releases because I really haven't seen his name
0: well online it, in quite a while. It, it came out in a Jeff Keighley interview, and like him and Keighley are friends, so I'm sure Keighley got oh, him, God. and he got Peter Moore, who was the ex head of Xbox and uh, Dreamcast, and and, and the, of Sega uh, during the Dreamcast launch. And so he's somebody I would I would look at and go, yeah, I, I could see that. You know, like yeah. I could see the guy who launched the Xbox. Well, actually, did he technically launch the Xbox? He launched the um, Dreamcast, and I think he joined Microsoft. I don't think he was one that launched the Xbox. If I remember, well, I mean, it's maybe, but it would have been I two years after the Dreamcast launch, so maybe, maybe. I think he was working behind the scenes, like
1: behind the scenes to like get games on the Xbox. And uh, oh yeah, for initially, sure. initially, Sega wanted the Xbox to play Dreamcast games.
0: Yeah, God, that would have been awesome. Which
1: would have been sweet, yes.
0: Uh, cause Sega could have then kept making games instead of just which I guess they technically did, and they had a whole bunch of exclusive deals with Microsoft anyway, but yeah. which which is funny because I actually have a theory that a lot of the Xbox fans of today are ex Sega fans, and that's why they have like this kind of weird hatred of Sony products, is because they look at the PlayStation like it was a competitor and the PlayStation 2 knocked out the Dreamcast. And so I think the earlier console wars for like a single generation it wasn't even a single generation. It was almost like a cross generation. You had like the, the Sega fans versus Sony fans, you know? And I, I believe that a lot of Sega fans became Xbox fans as their games ported over. And then the Xbox, that's where kind of the fuels of that fan war have kept going. Like the Nintendo fans are always Nintendo fans, but I think you might be talking to somebody
1: like that. hmm?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Right. So I'm telling you, I got, I got some theories here, but anyway, so we're going to get started. We're going to, Kind of scrub the video like we're not going to talk. I don't I won't have the audio going. So it's pretty much just going to be us talking about the games we saw and liked with that video in the background. So if you're just listening, it's fine. You're not really missing out on anything like we might say. Oh, yeah, this game looked cool. It's called this and we'll be describing what kind of it is as we go so
1: by we he means him because i also will not be able well, to right. see the video <laughs>
0: but you were smart and you rewatched it so you'll know yep. what i'm talking about when i say hey there's that game it looks really futuristic and stuff so uh but anyway um yeah yeah here we go let's start talking about it so first up on the podcast john as i was saying earlier we're going to be talking about the xbox series x first look that they had last week which honestly i thought was okay I remember, you know, and I'm always the one that's the quote-unquote Sony guy, you know, and, and I have a preference. I prefer the Sony consoles. I prefer the PlayStation games exclusives typically over Xbox. And I saw this and I thought, this is pretty cool. They, they showed us some stuff we hadn't heard about. So we got new look at something. They showed us yep. more of stuff that they had said had already told us was coming, but they showed us more in depth. And there was some cool surprises. I, I think this is like all you could ask for for something like this. And so... I'm going to hit play, John. And this, so this first one you kind of saw was because there was that guy talking with the Xbox in the background, like jokingly looking like a refrigerator. And then you had this game that kind of popped up that looked incredible. And I actually thought it might have been crisis, like a new crisis game, because it just looked awesome. Um, it's got I this saw kind people
1: of, in the chat saying that it was crisis as well because yeah, of the bow and arrow and stuff.
0: Yeah. And it just I mean, visually, it's beautiful. Um, very, very smooth looking. It's got these cool weather effects going on. You're like a, like a, I don't know, a gun wielder, but you have a sword <laughs> and then like this, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but basically there's like, it's teleporting in people from, I think other times. Cause it just like teleports in some like Spartan looking dudes and, and you have this pull mechanic. So he pulls them in and then he melees them, but then he can shoot from long range Uh, there's no HUD in this video, but there is like the guns have the ammo count on the guns themselves. And it's pretty cool. Like that's like a halo thing. Remember like halo, I think was probably the one of the first games to do that. Well, so anyway, he hits a button and like his DeLorean looking (laughs) car pulls up, which is awesome. (laughs) I'm not, yeah, I'm not talking mess and it's beautiful. And it cuts to like a driving sequence again, no HUD, but he's just driving, ramming into stuff. Now I look at this, John, and this doesn't look like gameplay to me you know, like it looks kind of like a what I want to say like a like like a like one of those walk like guided tours of games because you know like uh, like division would do where they had like the fake people playing it or whatever
1: <laughs> um, uh, I I would disagree a little bit because I feel like that video in particular felt the most like gameplay. I,
0: I guess what I would say um, is the driving part in particular. Did not yeah, feel like the, real gameplay, but the, obviously the shooting and stuff did.
1: Honestly, it's, I called, could see, the, I could see the driving segment being like a loading screen between, between levels basically. Sure. Or like I a, think the real, the real star of that game is going to be the on foot person shooter segments, obviously.
0: Yeah. And it might even go as far as to be like quick time events or something, you know, like, like yeah. you get in the car and then you just do quick time or whatever. And it's called bright memory infinite and it's like the follow up to a game that's been out for a while on steam just called bright memory and it it apparently completely made by one person and it looks awesome like like i would play that game man i th- i think it looks awesome i'm excited to get it in fact i heard if you buy the original on pc you get infinite for free and so i bought the original for 10 bucks <laughs> and i hope i get infinite for free um and then this guy's talking about which we joked about this you know um this guy's talking with his Headset on and it has video quality worse than we're able to produce, right? On this podcast, which is pretty low, pretty low quality. And he's got the most like measly Xbox One collection underneath his TV. Now it's probably just a set piece, but it's it's small, man. Like i have you know, you've got like fifty times that many games in in your picture behind you. I could see more games than this guy's got, and he's supposed to be like the like running this joint, you know.
1: Yeah, although admittedly, they probably get most of their games digitally uh, via codes. Okay, um, that's that's I,
0: true. That's fair.
1: I obviously, when working at GameStop for a while, they would give us actual physical discs. But then, starting with the uh, really the Xbox One and late 360 games, they started just giving us all uh, digital codes for games.
0: Yeah, which and, is probably a good um, idea because. You probably didn't, but I would trade in a lot of games I got for free at conference.
1: Yep, <laughs> I, and a, a lot of managers did that. Um, I remember uh, James, the first manager that I had that hired me. I would like he'd come back from conference, and I would be like, "Can I buy the games that you got for free, please?" Uh, <laughs> so I would just buy buy all his com- uh, freebies from conference.
0: How how sad, but I I understand. And and, I, and to be fair, I would come back and like give games to people that wanted them like my employees if they wanted certain games and I didn't and I knew I didn't want it I would give it to them you know it's fine but
1: um see so, I was a greedy bastard and I kept all of those because I'm a collector
0: it was probably so, because you always had a manager a that monster. didn't give them to you so when you became manager you're like these are mine I'm not getting them to right anyone. yep uh and so then next up on the video after he's talking for a bit they go to uh this you know rally car racing and it reveals itself to be dirt five which I know I chuckled, I told you this, like, I chuckled a little bit because it's it's just Dirt, you know? Like, I love Dirt, don't get me wrong, I love Dirt 3. I haven't played 4, actually, but I love Dirt 3, and I played Dirt 1 and 2. Dirt 2 and 3 are probably two of my favorite racing games. And yeah. so I, I, I will play this, like, I want to play it, but I laugh that, like, this gets the highlight, you know? This kind of gets the spotlight. <laughs> dirt, I, of all games, I, I... Dirt 5. And, it's, and I don't know what's funny to me, but just the number 5 being in a game, you're like, Dirt 5? five like it just it's it's funny to me i don't know it cracked me up
1: i'm glad that it's regular dirt and not dirt rally because dirt rally is not fun to me i love racing games but i don't necessarily want them to be punishingly realistic and yes that's dirt rally one and two for me interesting Um, and i okay i love dirt one two three um, Dirt Four, I couldn't get into as much, but I'm excited for Dirt Five. And is the second I saw the the graphics in Dirt Five, the video, I knew immediately what it was.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Cold also, Masters has a Greg, style.
1: Yeah, have you watched the Jim Kahana videos with Ken Block?
0: Like the real ones, like the actual yeah. videos? Yes, I have. That was a real entertaining God, summer fun. when I watched those. Because I, when I was, yeah. when Dirt Three was coming out, I got really into it. Yeah, some of those videos are incredible.
1: Yeah, that man is amazing, and the stuff he can do in a car is
0: just yeah astounding. He, he's he's like living the dream that we all wish we could do, but we all not like we all could do that if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, and so after Dirt Five, John, they go into this is your favorite part. So they go into <laughs> a game from Ebb Software, which I also heard that this has a demo on Steam. Like this has been announced for like hmm. a couple years, I guess. Um, however you see it and I had not heard of it before. So this was cool to me. I, and, and, and it, it looks, it's so art clearly inspired by HR Geiger. It, it is very creepy. Um, it reminds me a lot, like a lot of the, the structures looked like they were like the, like from Prometheus, you know? Yep. And from the uh, alien in the series
1: background of like aliens one and stuff.
0: Yeah. Oh God. It's awesome. And I'm watching this and it's a lot of like, there's no gameplay here. It's, it's basically like a, th- a, a, a video of 3d, like a, a 3d movement. <laughs> Sorry. We just got to the, the scene. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like, if you had a 3d rendered area and you're doing like a tour around it. So it's more like a, like a virtual tour around their 3d areas but it's beautiful. I mean, like, I'm looking at this. It's creepy. It's weird. It's beautiful. And then you phallic. get to this scene. Very <laughs> phallic. We get to this scene. And out of a wall... And, and I'll be honest, when I first saw this, my first thought was, oh, it's like the alien head. Like a head comes out.
1: Yeah. And I then another head too. comes up,
0: <laughs> And then it stops and it hangs there. <laughs> and it slowly drips a white goop from the... Bottom. I'm not even making this up. This, this is... And then-
1: well, there's also like a pregnancy theme of that video, and then
0: one... yes, and so In like the they uh... show, yeah, they show a statue. Yeah, there it was, the little the little goop at the end, and then it retracts back into itself. Like it, you know, I try to keep this this podcast PG, sometimes PG thirteen. So everything here is very like H.R. Geiger inspired, which he did do a lot of like hidden like, sexualization in it, and, like, there's always a lot of, like, like you said, phallic structure. So a lot of things that look like dicks, basically. Right. And, and so, like, that thing that came out of the wall looked like a a, a soft penis dripping. I mean, there's nothing else to say. I'm sorry. I, I'm trying, like, you know? And so, anyway, so this game, though, looks freaking incredible. They've got, like, these statues with these huge skull statues, and, like, there's some sort of, like, red fungus or blood coming out of the eyes like it this game is exactly the weirdness that i think would be awesome
1: now what that trailer doesn't show you is what the hell that game is gonna be
0: yeah you don't even know like, if it's a third person shooter you don't know if it's a first person dungeon explorer like you literally know nothing about it it's called scorn and it i mean i'll i want to know more that's all i'll say i want to know more but the the The, (laughs) the, the, um, what do I want to say? The, uh, the imagery that they conjured up there is like, it was, I laughed when I first saw the unit come out of the wall and then drip (laughs) a clear liquid out of the tip. I laughed. I don't think they were going for laughs with this trailer. And I laughed. I, I. I just was like, what the hell is this? They know what they're doing. You know, like, nobody saw that and wasn't didn't th- know everybody was going to know what that was supposed to be, or at least what it would look like, you know? I'm surprised <laughs> that Microsoft
1: was like, because obviously Microsoft watched these trailers beforehand, and were just like, yep, that drippy penis, yep, that's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're like, ooh, that's edgy. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to get a leg up on the pile. Let's just show... Six
1: million people are going to watch this and be like... Confused and aroused.
0: Just a half chub, leaky penis. That that's that's what it was. And 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 this is like a little gross, but it kind of looked like, like an animal penis. You know, like it wasn't. I don't know if this makes it worse or not. I'm like laughing. I can't even like keep straight with this. (laughs) <laughs> but like if you've ever seen
1: Freddy got fingered then you'll know what animal that greg is alluding thank to. you you know and it just
0: <laughs> it just looks like and it just it's in a shell and then it kind of peeks out halfway and then it, come on who at microsoft was like oh yeah it's cool man it's yeah, really cool <laughs> i mean it's so, just it's laughable man <laughs> do you own the
1: uh there's hr geiger um like adventure game from the nineties. Do you own those at all? I think they're reported to PS1 on in different countries.
0: Yes, so Dark Dark Seed. Deep. Yeah. Um, okay. And and I do I have the first one on PS1 from Japan. It's funny actually, we talked about this because I picked I picked it up on my pickup pile of the week a few months ago. Yeah. Um so yeah, I do have the first one and I need to keep an out for the second one. Uh because we didn't get either one here, unfortunately. Uh, and the yeah, cover and alone Seed. makes... I'll buy that. But it's, it is available on PC here. And so yeah. I would consider playing through it on PC. But
1: I, I remember hearing about Darkseed having, like... There was an item that you had to pick up, like, really early, early in the game. And that if you didn't have it, you'd get, like, five hours later into the game. And you just fail. Because <laughs> you didn't pick up this random, <laughs> Did- like paperclip on the ground yeah totally breaks the game
0: I hate I hate uh, point-and-click adventure games like that because I do love point-and-click and there's a game for PS1 called Silverload which I love it's it's like a dark Western monster themed point-and-click and it's okay. really dark and creepy and like if you don't do something early on in the game and you get to the end you can't go back and do it and you can't beat the game without it <laughs> like it's just so <laughs> stupid like it lets you play for half the game and then it's like not too bad sorry <laughs> Um when you bring up these random games it's like oh man I wonder, do I own that game? Nice. <laughs> uh I hope you do cuz it's really good. It's a it's a long box PS1. So look it up. It's got a guy in a coffin on the front. Um I so, probably don't. So then uh, uh another controversial game, John, comes up right after it. And at, what a lot of people, so when I'm watching this live on YouTube, there's a whole bunch of comments, right? And people are like, "Oh, what was this? What was that?" And I looked at this and I jokingly said, "It's Forsaken 2." <laughs> Because oh okay it was like a uh, it was chorus. a yeah a chorus, uh, or as I like to call it, chorves. <laughs> because, <laughs> and we'll get to it when the logo pops up. I'll explain a little bit more. But basically, it looked like a tunnel shooter, you know, like a Star Fox type, where you're on like a path, but you can move so much within the path and shoot. Now it might be a full 3D spaceship flight game, but it looked kind of like it was a tunnel shooter. Which is like a variant of a rail shooter, but it looks like a tunnel shooter to me. Um, but the
1: developers more... have made uh, some like regular open space shooters and on PC. Okay, and were bought by Deep Silver. Um, so this is the I think this is their first game like post uh, post merger. Um, nice, and they just the, they've worked on porting Saints Row Three. And Saints Row four to current gen consoles. Um so they did the they did the Switch port of Saints Row three, and then I believe they're doing the remaster of Saints Row or no, they did, ported Saints Row four to Switch, and then they're doing the uh remaster of Saints Row three for Xbox One and PS4. Oh.
0: Alright, and so this um, is like their first like their own game, basically.
1: Yeah, the, their own major game or their own game that has decent funding behind it,
0: I believe. Nice. And and I'll um, be the first to say I, Oh go ahead, sorry.
1: I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, I do. I do too. I, I got mass effect vibes from it. Like the, the only thing that I was a little disappointed by was I, I was hoping that it wouldn't be 100% a space shooter. Like I was hoping it'd be an action game along the lines of mass effect initially.
0: And then have Um, like space shooter elements to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but so, I got a
1: Descent vibe from it uh, myself.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Descent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, big time Descent, Forsaken. And and the main character, she kind of looks like uh, the character from Hellblade, uh, Senua, Sacrifice. Yep. So it, it looked like her kind of. And then she has this weird moment where she's like rubbing her hand on the nose of the ship. And you're like, Okay. Maybe the ship's her boyfriend. Maybe they used to date. I don't know. <laughs> she cares deeply for this spaceship. That's all that matters. But here's here's the part, and I know this is a little thing, and I'm mostly joking when I say this. I don't care. It doesn't matter about the game. But I have a real problem with the logo, John. <laughs> I have I have it up here. <laughs> it it kind of doesn't make sense to me. So it's it's the name of the game, by the way, is Chorus. C H O R U S. It's its font is normal for the C H O. Then when you get to the R, it's missing the leg. like It has the diagonal leg, just not the straight down leg. So it looks like a D with a little angle off of it. That's the R. And then the U is just a V. <laughs> and then the S is there. Now the issue I have with this, I, I know I'm probably way overthinking this, but the C, the R, and the S have curves in them. So curves exist in this universe of this logo. <laughs> so if you didn't want to make the U have a curve. Why would you make it a V? I seriously looked at this and I thought this game's name was Chorfs. I and call me a simpleton. I'm fine with it. <laughs> so <laughs> I know I'm looking into deep, but when I heard it was called Chorus, I was like, "Who the hell read that as Chorus?" I consider myself a person of average intelligence, John. I don't consider myself super smart. I don't consider myself super fans.
1: Dumb. Fans of the band churches red meadows <laughs> as chorus i don't get it churches. <laughs>
0: i'm not a fan of inconsistency and this font makes no sense to me so you have C H O, all have curves or c o r s all have curves in it you get to the and, and the c it i, I just why? why why is this font so weird it looks like freaking chorves so the game's called chorves rise is one but you know what? The game looks awesome. So I, you know, I color me cynical and 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 annoying for like picking out such a stupid thing to whine about. But I thought that it was obnoxious. I look at that and I go, I, it it just doesn't make any sense to me. But it's a new game. It's a world premiere, and it looks cool. So sign me up. I I,
1: I find it weird that it seems like there's this resurgence of space shooters in like the last ten years with like um, uh, what is the the one that um was the the one that has like two or 250 bi- or million dollars worth of
0: funding um uh like oh, cloud know, infinite S- S- star, star star citizen star citizen yes
1: yeah there's that and then there's the the guys that from frontier software that did one recently I
0: well then there's My brain yeah, is
1: exploding. Yeah, there's the No Man's
0: um, Sky and then there I'm with you. Like there there's a bunch of like these 3D space shooters for sure.
1: Well, like No Man's Sky, I wouldn't even put in that same same place because you can get out of the ship and it's it's mainly like exploration on foot. Um, but you're, you're saying like, weird
0: exclusive that, space shooter.
1: Yeah, I find it weird that there's a lot of it, like shooters where it's just 100% in space the entire time. Because that was big, like in the early '90s on PC. Uh, yeah,
0: what's what's the with Elite Dangerous? Right, that's that's the other yeah, one that's, that's really popular. That's yeah,
1: what I was trying to think of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's bizarre to me that there's like all of these companies that are that are putting out what, in my opinion, is like such a niche uh, type of game, and getting money dumped into it hand over fist uh, with with the like the Cloud Infinite developer. I can't believe that game has $250 million worth of funding. Like what is the Like who's, who loves those games that much that they have that much money dumped into that? Well, it's weird.
0: I would say that wing commander had a, bu- had a massive following. And so yeah. when you, Chris Roberts, you know, the creator of wing commander making a new space game with current technology, you get excited, but their business model also was very strange. So like they were selling ships in advance That once they got put in the game, you'd have access to. And then they started building these like previews and these demos and they're like, well, you can't play with the ships you bought if they're not in the game yet. So then you'd have to basically buy a ship that is in the game. And to be fair, they did allow you to trade in your other ships like you could you could give up a ship that you had bought like day one get full okay. amount for it back to buy a ship that is actually available right now. But I, I had a ship cause I'll be honest. I'm one of the morons that like put money into this game. I was so excited for this when they announced it and okay. I was, and that was back when I was still kicking in like for Kickstarters and stuff and doing early access games. I don't really do that anymore, but I, I was. And so I went to play it cause I was like, you know, I don't like to play games early cause I'm not playing the finished product. Right. And I finally decided, well, you know what I will this time. Like I will, I want to play this one because it is, I just want to play it because people were talking about it on Twitter and stuff. And I go to check it out and, um, like I don't even have a ship that I can play the game with. So I had to sell the ship I bought and paid like 40 bucks for years ago and like pick out a different ship instead. <laughs> uh, is the game any good? Uh, didn't play it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even play it yet. So did uh, you install it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I yeah. think I did. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Was like a game,
1: installation that- pretty sweet.
0: Uh, oh, the, the loading bar is very beautiful, yep. but anyway, so yeah, so I, I, you know, it space shooters are kind of on a weird comeback. So I, I do agree, but you know, who knows if that game will ever even be finished. So it doesn't matter, but, um, I do want to carry on a little bit with this first look live stream because after that we were, we, they, they wanted to change the pace a little bit, right. They wanted to cleanse the palette, so They gave us about five minutes of Madden 21, which, okay. I don't care about Madden at all. But it's fine. There are a lot of people that care about Madden. So like, like I'm watching chat right now as the live stream goes, and it's kind of cut off in the video. But like everyone in the chat, who cares? Who cares? Skip, 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 skip. Like I don't know what people who were watching this, like they, I, I don't know what they were expecting this, this first look to be. You know? Um, yeah. But, but whatever it was, it apparently let them down. So everyone's pissed off about Madden 21. I looked at it, and I go, okay, it's Madden 21. I don't care. Um, I don't care that they show it. I should say, you know, because. I mean, I don't, it's, it's still a game that a lot of people like, who cares? It's going to sell a ton. Um, but after that, they, they, they go into, uh, the next game is, is pretty awesome. We already knew it was coming, but it's, uh, Vampire the Masquerade, uh, two, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I just forget, like, is there a subtitle in there? I'm forgetting. I feel like I am, but anyway, it's this really no, kind of.
1: Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Bloodlines, too. too. Th- they,
0: see, I knew I was missing something. Thank you. So, they show this kind of weird intro where it's got, like, someone dancing and there's this family all strung up, and it's really creepy, and it's it's awesome looking. I'm kind of looking at this, like, this is crazy. Joker-esque. And there's, like, yeah, very Joker-esque. And, and it's pretty cool. Um, I I, ha- I hate to say it, but I think graphically the game kind of doesn't look great.
1: <laughs> I'm like There was a big backlash on the character models. Yeah. It, it looks, um,
0: but here's the thing. It's, it's a, it's an open world Skyrim type game set in modern day in the white wolf universe of vampire, the masquerade. And so if you like that role playing game or you like any of that stuff, oh my God, like this game could be as good as cyberpunk in my opinion, if you're as into the universe as you are into cyberpunk.
1: Do you know who developed it?
0: Uh, I saw it in the and beginning. what they've made. Uh, n- why don't you go into it actually? Well, let tell All the right. fine folks at home.
1: Well, I'm. Let's just say when I when I looked it up earlier, I was like, "Oh, crap!"
0: Your excitement dwindled. Um,
1: yes. So the only other major game that they've developed in the last like ten years was uh, Blacklight Retribution, which was a free to play shooter on PlayStation Four around launch.
0: I remember and that. I remember it that.
1: Is, it's not a company that I would be like. You should make a really in depth role playing game. Uh, Mm. so, so yeah, my, my anticipation for Vampire the Masquerade is definitely diminished by knowing what they've made prior.
0: Well, thanks, Um, John. Now you stole my, now you stole my, uh, excitement for it too.
1: Now I bought Vampire the Masquerade (laughs) one back years ago because it was the first game that used the Half-Life Source engine.
0: Oh, nice. uh, From
1: Half-Life two. And so I played that on PC back in like 2003 around. And it was really cool. I liked it a lot. And I was, I don't know why we didn't get a sequel. I think the original developer went out of business shortly after the game came out. Um, but I'll, I'm going to end up buying Bloodline too. I'm just hoping it's better than what I'm expecting it to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. And i I, I actually played the first Bloodlines maybe a few months ago just to kind of you know, get it going. I think I got it on Steam, and I think I had to download a patch just to get it to work, like an external patch. Okay. But no, it's a good, it's a good game. Like that game's dated, but it was really fun. But obviously, knowing that this is made by somebody else, it's hard to, it's hard to get excited. Yeah. Uh, and then they showed another world exclusive, and I actually forget the name of this game. Uh, okay, oh I totally forgot the name. Is this the, the pregnancy name. one, or is this the? This is the one where it's it's It reminded me a lot of like a Bioshock type. Oh yeah, um uh they kind of just walking around an island. Call of the Sea. Call of the Sea. Yes, thank you. And, and so like it looks cool, I guess. I mean, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you don't know anything about it. Like is it a walking simulator? Is it a shoot like it looks like a, you know, a walking simulator but with puzzles and stuff. So it could be cool. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's another one where I couldn't really tell what kind of game it's going to be based on that video. Um Yeah.
0: Although at the I, end I
1: also got BioShock vibes. Uh, it also like visually looked a little bit like uh journey to the savage planet a little bit because mm. it's stylistic.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so then there's another world premiere and this was the one where I got a little irritated with the chat because <laughs> they start showing like very cyberpunk vibes. Right. And, and it looks awesome. I'm looking at this going, Ooh, this is really cool. Really, really cool. And it ends up being a tactical game, or uh, an action RPG, excuse me. So it's like um, like Diablo. It's a four-player yeah. action RPG set in a cyberpunk future.
1: I'm it like, looks like a twin-stick shooter to
0: me a little bit. See, I, I got more Diablo vibes, but it could be a twin-stick shooter, too. That might be how they do the shooting and whatnot, you know? And I'm looking at this like, man, this is awesome, you know? Like, this is really cool. And then... Uh, everyone in the chat, skip, crap, 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 skip, skip, skip. I'm like, what, what do you want? <laughs> like, I don't understand the chat. Uh, Why are you watching this if if you don't want to see anything new? And then they're the ones who complain they didn't see gameplay or didn't see anything new. Like, I don't get it. It's weird to me. But it could be a twin-stick shooter, actually, now that you say that I'm watching the controls. Um, Yeah, because the action looks really quick. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't. Yeah, I'm with it. And really, twin-stick controls work better on a control. Uh, it's called the Ascent. And, uh, it looks awesome. Like an action RPG twin stick shooter four player co-op cyberpunk game. Uh, yeah. (laughs) I mean like, yeah, I'll take it. The Um, intro
1: video definitely made it look like it was going to be a different type of game though. Like, sure. Because it, it gave me like a fifth element slash, um, like blade runner ask look.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so then the next game they go to now, this is the pregnancy one you were talking about. Nice. So they go to this. Pregnancy sequence, and you're like, okay, it's kind of weird. I, I don't know, like, we're getting like very close to that uncanny valley where looking at these character models' faces is like weird and creepy. <laughs> but <laughs> um anyway, so it goes from that, then she's in a church praying, and then like it shows almost like a post-apocalyptic kind of world. This is this is all interesting to me. I'm like, this, I'm I'm down for this. And then of course. No one cares, pass, skip, skip, pass, pass. And people are like, where's the Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Pass, pass. I'm like, what do you this You want games, Xbox fans. You want games. And they show you games and you are annoyed by the games they're showing you. Like, what do you want? What do you want? Um, and so the game ends up being called Medium. And that it right, is that that's this one, right? Yeah, pretty sure. So, yeah, it's medium and it's done by Blooper Team and Blooper Team most recently did Observer, which if you haven't played it, I highly recommend it. Very cool, especially if you like the cyberpunk vibes. Is and it then, the one with Rutger Howard? Yes. And then and they, then they're they doing
1: d- a sequel to that as well.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait for that. And uh, he's right.
1: in it as well, which will be one of the last things that he did before oh, he dang. passed away.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say because he, he passed away not too long ago. Um, And then they did Layers of Fear. Which, obviously, was their first kind of game, kind of rough. And then Observer, I thought, was excellent. Like, I, I really, that was, mm. like, high on my list of good games I played a couple of years ago. Um, and I actually, I think I did a first 30 on that. And I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, and then, so this one's Medium. So this is their new game. And they're saying how they're doing things that were never possible for them before. They're saying that the game will have no load screens whatsoever. Like, you're just going to go every area to every area, which technically got awarded the same thing. Like, they hid the load screens, you know, kind of, like, between having to, like, squeeze between a rock or, like, you'd go into a room and then the room would shift. And as it was shifting, it was technically loading and stuff like that. But that's essentially what they're saying is no load screens. And you're going to have, like, one kind of cohesive experience. uh, experience. And it looks cool. Hmm. So, and the Blooper team, as far as I'm concerned, they've bought themselves quite a bit of credibility with me uh, ever since their last product, so looks good to me
1: well i'll have to try out observer i haven't played that one
0: i think you'd really like it it's it's uh it's first person in a cyberpunk world but it's got this kind of horror element to it where you have to jack into like people's minds and you jack into like a psycho's mind and so okay. it kind of gives you like this horror element it's it's got a really weird like horror cyberpunk feel very cool um limited run did a release of that didn't they they did yep yeah, um, Correct that. and uh then, then we we go into the video then we get into a, a random Bandai Namco game um which at first you're like uh it looks kind of cool and then I guess it's based is it based off of something that's based off of like an anime or something and I'll be honest uh, I don't know it just but didn't look very the good team
1: that did it uh, is part of the tail the tails series um so they've worked on the tails game so I would expect it to kind of play a little bit like that
0: sure. I mean, I guess it looks good enough. It's kind of like a cell shaded. It looks like every Bandai Namco game, you know. Like they just have an art <laughs> style. It's called Scarlet Nexus, and it just looks like however it looks. It's fine. They um, should do
1: a. Uh, they should do a release of Dark Souls with that same cell shaded over, like like super bright.
0: <laughs> yeah, ex- well, that's what Code Vein was, wasn't it? No, Except I'm, Code I'm Vein talking straight good.
1: up. Just like put out a Dark Souls like anime esque <laughs> game. Not even, not even Code Vein. I just want a filter for Dark Souls that looks like that. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, i play that. (laughs) Um, So the next up they showed, uh, it's called Second Extinction. It's a dinosaur hunting game. Dinosaurs are still cool, right?
1: Yeah. um,
0: Dino Crisis 4, John. You almost got it.
1: (laughs) The last game that those guys made was, uh, what the hell is it? It's not good behind me somewhere. <laughs> it's uh, not good. It's on your shelf. Yeah, I get terrible games. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. Generation Zero. Ah, um,
0: uh, yes. Yes.
1: So, unfortunately, Avalanche Studios has multiple developers under the Avalanche Studios name. And this is not one of my favorite games. Uh, I was excited about it when it came out because I really enjoyed the, the uh, Just Cause games. Yeah, and this is yep. a different team and it's uh, not great. And that's what that dinosaur game is going to be made by.
0: So now I heard that it was like a left for dead multiplayer shooter, except against dinosaurs. Does that sound right?
1: Um, I mean, if it plays anything like that, yeah, th- like that generation zero reminds me a lot of DayZ, um, oh. which I'm not a fan of DayZ either. Eek, sure. Um, yeah just really slow paced like everything is very over you're uh getting you're collecting resources from abandoned buildings and stuff um so i'm hoping that it's better than that it the the second extinction also kind of looked like um faster paced similar to uh their work on rage 2 which is also right behind me um So I'm thinking it's probably a combination of a lot of the guys that worked on Rage and also worked on Generation Zero.
0: It gave me very Jurassic the Hunted for Xbox 360 and Wii vibes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, it could be cool. I don't I don't see a reason to crap on it. But I mean, that game hadn't been announced, right? That was another world premiere. So that's cool. You know, like that's what that's what they were asking for. Uh, So then we go into the next game. And this is great because they they go right into a Yakuza game which for the most yeah, part are all love- pretty excellent and have not been on Xbox before.
1: Yeah, and, and they're all hitting Game Pass immediately as well. I don't think this one will, but um, Yakuza, Zero, and Kawami have immediately put into Game Pass, and if you don't have Game Pass, you can buy them digitally for 20 bucks, which is pretty yeah. awesome when you con- compare it to Square Enix putting uh, Kingdom Hearts on Xbox two years after it hit PlayStation, sure. and then still expecting sixty dollars from you and right. not even giving. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. The game this one launches with smart delivery, but it does not say Game Pass on it. So we'll yeah, see.
1: I, but, I'm and, thinking and, we're paying sixty bucks for it, but I think it looks great.
0: Yeah, I think it's fun. I mean, I I definitely appreciate those games like uh, the the Yakuza games and Judgment, all great stuff. So that was cool, you know. And it's um because it's different because the new Yakuza game is going to be like a turn-based RPG, and this seems to be going back to the traditional style of like you know wacky th- third person action adventure
1: well the like a dragon is the art oh the this, this rpg one. oh
0: my bad okay so this is the so, yeah we song. didn't okay.
1: see any real battling in the trailer Is what oh. that
0: was okay so that actually makes a lot of sense then cuz i was i thought i thought it was weird that there was another one coming already so that's my, my bad on that then that was a mistake on my part um and then let's see so then they they showed the guy again with like again the worst like i think he's using zoom and it's putting up like these backgrounds behind him, And it's just the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh,
1: is it the Assassin's Creed one?
0: I think, well, or we're not what? there yet. We're still, we're still showing the guy and he's just showing like, he's going over the, the pictures. And then he eventually leads yes. into Assassin's Creed. But like half his ear is missing. Like John, yeah, I'm using a green screen right scary. now. And my green screen looks a million times better than that. And I bought mine on Amazon for like 30 bucks. You know, I'm I don't think
1: they're probably using Skype. Because uh, Microsoft owns Skype, well, so that, that I would could, well, assume they're using that program.
0: That could be, and then obviously they've got something that's like auto putting in a background, and so it keeps detecting his headset as part of the, a part of not his head, so it keeps covering yeah. it with. the It's just terrible, man. And so then we get to the Assassin's Creed stuff, which looks awesome. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, say it doesn't look great. Um, but apparently there's a lot of controversy because people wanted to see gameplay and they showed footage that was created using gameplay, which I don't know what the difference is. There. I mean, it's, you know, whatever. And, and chat right now. I know you can't see it. Everybody L L L L L big L. What an L PS5 rules, L L PS five rules. Like this, <laughs> basically they're crapping all over Microsoft,
1: which PlayStation has shown nothing so far.
0: Yeah, and and, and I'm I'm excited for <laughs> for the PlayStation still. Like I don't need them to show me anything, but I don't know see how you look at this. And you know what? This is going to go right into our next segment. So let's let's just start this off right away. Uh, I'm going to pause for like a few seconds so I know where to cut this in. So give me a few seconds. So this is what really bothered me about this, John. We were talking about this in the, in the last segment. There. I don't see how you watch what we just saw with all those game reveals and you say that somehow this inside Xbox live stream is a is a loss or a miss I don't I don't get that yeah. at all and and it's crazy because you know like I'm reading this article on Destructoid from May 8th by Brett mekindonski Mekadonsky and it's it's Xbox is also left apologizing for yesterday's next gen gameplay stream. uh, And this is how the article goes. Mismanaged expectations. That's mostly the culprit for the backlash to yesterday's Xbox Series X first look gameplay reveal. On its own, the event was fine. Good even. But it was heavy on cinematic trailers and light on raw in-game footage. The star of the show was supposed to be an Assassin's Creed Valhalla gameplay reveal, leaving the director to apologize to fans on Twitter. Xbox is in a similar position. Marketing boss Aaron Greenberg lamented, quote, had we not said anything and just shown Inside Xbox show like we did last month, I I suspect reactions might have been different, end quote. And the article goes on to say he's absolutely right. Without explicitly teasing what to expect, this wouldn't have been regarded as the best episode of Inside Xbox yet. Yakuza like a dragon launching on series X scorns freaky alien inspired horror raw Fury's underwater fish mystery adventure called sea of call of the sea blooper team's next game being scored by silent Hills composer. There was a lot to be excited and intrigued by. However, there wasn't any substantial gameplay segments or any reveals that really qualify as a system seller and that rubbed people the wrong way. Okay. Okay. That's that's the article I've read so far. What, 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 I'm sorry, like so who 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 is the annoying people here? It's got to be is it the Xbox fans? Is that who we blame for this or is it just gamers in general? Like I don't understand how they just listed them right here. All the things that were kind of cool about it. And and now here come the comments, John, be ready for it. Now we're Xbox, okay? We we switch teams every week, right? So now we're Xbox because I'm sticking up for Microsoft on this one. I I thought it was fine. I thought it was a good games reveal i what is wrong with this thing what, what what it all was wrong with this thing they showed new stuff they showed stuff we knew about they showed more of it and they showed some some unique stuff they showed some cool they made announcements like everyone's pissed because there wasn't a lot of quote-unquote gameplay i mean really Pe- people get upset about that i mean what, what were they expecting everything to be in engine i mean I don't know. I mean, I, So when you saw, like what was your first impression when you got done watching it the first time?
1: So I was just excited to see games for the new consoles. That's it. Like, I don't, I didn't, I didn't care that we didn't get to see gameplay. Like I, it's just exciting knowing that, that something is on the horizon because with all of the, um, the pushing back of major conferences and stuff, and delays, we really haven't seen much of anything that's going to be on Xbox One and PlayStation 4, or Xbox Next and PlayStation 5, and so I, that was my major excitement from this, is like, yes, we are, we do have something to look forward to in the fall. Um, and so I enjoyed it. Like, yeah, there were some things that, like, once I looked more into it, uh, like I mentioned, uh, Mas- Vampire the Masquerade being developed by somebody that I'm not necessarily hyped sure. uh, about. Uh, that's a little disappointing, but I'm—I know we're going to see more gameplay. We're not even into, barely into May, and we're getting big announcements. Usually that yeah. stuff doesn't hit until E3, which is at the end of what June.
0: Usually it's the f- like first week of June. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so this is the start of the announcement season of and and it's just going to keep rolling i mean today uh we got the the tech demo for unreal 5 now i wasn't really blown away by that in that i didn't think it was that interesting (laughs) sure but one now that we've seen that we're going to start seeing more games that are built using that exactly so that's what i'm going to be excited
0: yeah well Um, and Sorry to cut you off there. So I want to go a little bit more into the article here because they show a picture of of Aaron Greenberg's response that I read and what led him to say that. Right. So this this was literally the quote from Microsoft for the Xbox 2020 May update. We will focus on giving you a first look at next gen gameplay trailers and sneak peeks from a wide variety of publishing partners and independent developers across the globe and industry, including Ubisoft's recently announced Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And hear from game creators about what they're doing with their games on Xbox Series X. That's literally the description of what it was. And that's exactly what it was. And then Aaron Greenberg then goes on to say, had we not said anything and just shown it, I suspect reactions might have been different. Clearly, we set some wrong expectations and that's on us. Like, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I understand from a customer service standpoint, maybe they felt like they had to say something. But I don't understand at all how we got from what they gave us to somehow being misleading to their customers. It's exactly what they promised. And I actually thought it was good. <laughs> and I, I'm do you remember, pretty critical of Microsoft all the time.
1: Do you remember the first games we saw for Xbox 360 generation and, um, Xbox one PS4 generation?
0: I remember the first game for PS three being revealed as that dark sector. Yes. Right.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, and then and it, it was like f- 4 years prior to when it actually released yeah and then the first xbox one ps4 game that we really saw was watch dogs and yeah yeah that's neither right neither of those games were fantastic now i think having the first one of the first games we see for xbox or xbox series x and playstation 5 be the the new assassins creed game that's huge and that's gonna be a good game. It like, looked good. The last two you Assassin's know? Creed games have been have been fantastic. the The games really have been on a like going in a good direction. Um, I like that they've said that the new game is going to bring back the instant kill hidden blade yep. because the last couple of games, while being great role playing games, the the fact that you really couldn't be an assassin y- y- uh,
0: exactly yep. was
1: something that neutered it a little bit. So I'm I'm glad that they're coming back to that so well, yeah i think that game's gonna be great
0: and and here here's part of my issue with all this too and let me let me know if you feel the same i think it was more important to stress gameplay when there was such a huge distance between gameplay and cinematics right because back in the day they'd show you the cinematic of a game and you're like holy crap that's incredible but then you get to the game and you're like oh, this game looks nothing like what they showed us in the trailers Now we're to the point where all the trailers and cinematics are made in game anyway. So like, it's not, is it really that important to see the character running around as it is to see the cinematic of the character running around? You know, I I mean, yes, I like gameplay and I want to see gameplay. Like when I saw that, you know, that from the sea or whatever that game is, I'm like, I don't know what kind of game this is. I wish I had seen like, I want to, I don't care if I see a HUD and I don't care if I see all that stuff. Like a lot of people, You know, like, I don't know if it's marketing people just think that they want to cut all that crap out because it's it, you know, I'd rather just see what the game's going to look like. Right. But I don't think it's as big of a deal right now to say gameplay over cinematics when there's they're making the cinematics in the engine anyway. So like the game's going to look like that, but you're right. It's, it's going to have a HUD and you're going to have map markers. And you got me like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what, like why there's such a big deal to have to see gameplay. Like, that was, I should say, to make out a big deal like this was. I mean, for the most part, yes, I agree, I want to see gameplay too, but not so much that I would say what we saw was crap, because it didn't have gameplay in it. There know. are some
1: trailers in that that I would say I can't figure out what the game is gonna be, uh, without seeing more, but, like, to complain about Assassin's Creed, because you didn't see gameplay, they've been making those games for, like, 50 years. you know how that game is gonna play. Like, It shouldn't be shocking. So, like, quit your complaining about that. Um, Scorn, I don't know what kind of game that's going to be. very good Um, example. From the Sea, I don't know what kind of game it's going to be. But um, your favorite game, Chorbs, uh, (laughs) I have an idea of how that game's going to play. They did a good job of showing what looked like gameplay, minus the HUD. Um, The the steampunk uh, Diablo-esque looking game. Yep. Like, we saw gameplay. We know what that game's going to play like. So, yeah, there were some games that we may not know enough about. But we're so early into this season. Like, we're going to see more. It's Jeff Keighley's got all sorts of crap up his sleeve. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The kind of funny guys have a whole bunch of announcements that they're going to be doing. So, yeah, we're going to we're gonna get all of this. Yeah, we're going to know what the hell these games are in, like, a month and a half.
0: Exactly. And I know that normally at E3 is when they would show, like, because a lot of people when they show like at E3, when they used to do conferences, they would show like a company would do a conference, show a bunch of cool trailers. And then all the gameplay footage would come like the next day from the show floor, you know? And so obviously this year, we're not going to have an E3, but they're going to release more stuff then. It's not like, because there's not an E3, we're not going to get anything, you know? And I don't know. It just, it just seems so weird to me because you know me, I'll take any chance I can get to throw Microsoft under the bus. (laughs) Like I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm no qualms about doing that. In fact, I quite enjoy it. But I think I did not deserve a single bit of hate for this. And like the next part of this, I wanted to read was another article from the same day that was a of yesterday. We were given an in-game teaser of Assassin's Creed Valhalla during Microsoft series X event. People were not amused. First of all, what, what, what do you mean? They, okay. They're not amused by what seeing the first time they're seeing the game in action. Okay. Expecting a big it game. It did not play- look funny. Yeah, exactly. It was not funny looking, um, expecting a big gameplay reveal in Microsoft's gameplay event. It wasn't a gameplay event. Why do they say that? Like, like, why is this article saying that it was a gameplay event? It wasn't, they said it would have gameplay, but it wasn't like everything was listed as we're going to show you nothing but gameplay, this whole event. And then they lied and didn't do that. I don't, I don't understand these articles, um, event, the outrage started pouring in, which led to the games director Uh, Ashraf Ishmael, to do some damage control, he noted that fans quote, rightfully expected to see more end quote, and thanked them for their excitement and passion while asking for patience (laughs) what? They rightfully expected did they? like, and now correct me if I'm wrong, I thought I did see that they were going to show gameplay of Assassin's Creed Valhalla I I thought they had said that somewhere, I thought I read that somewhere or something, and so
1: They showed the announced trailer like the week before, and then they said, stay tuned for the Microsoft event to see more actual in-game footage. Because I believe the the initial launch or the initial announcement trailer was just, um, they did that, that painting, and then it was basically a cinematic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and so if they promised gameplay and they didn't deliver on it, like, I'm with you, that's fair, you know, but... I don't know. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I just don't see what I don't see what like if you're an Xbox fan and you're hungry for their games. How is this not fulfill that? How does this not fill that level of hunger that you have? I don't I don't get that. But have you ever
1: played a guided demo at manager conference or at E3?
0: Yes. Yes, I have. Where they
1: where they tell you very specifically what to do and what what or how to play the game.
0: Yes. It's obnoxious.
1: (laughs) And, well, and they do that because if you go off the beaten path, you might run into a giant game-breaking glitch. Yes.
0: Yeah. Because
1: they're showing you an in-progress build of a game that they're not done with. And yep. So right now, Assassin's Creed may not be to a point where they can just run around and go wherever they want, do whatever they want,
0: well, they without not, it yeah.
1: looking bad.
0: The, yeah. So, yeah they, they may not have like a, a walled-off section.
1: Polished, yeah. yeah, they give you a super polished like best camera angle to watch the action version of it in that Microsoft trailer that we we just saw um so yeah it it's not it may not be ready for prime time yet but in October November most likely it'll be ready and it'll be awesome yeah
0: and I'm, I'm trying to think what game it was but I remember at at manager's conference one year I had I wanted to play a game and the guy kept like grabbing the controller I mean like oh here let me let me get this set up for you and then he like gave it back to me I played a little bit and then if I was like looking around the corners I'm like oh here check it out you want to go over here and he like he like literally grabbed the controller out of my hands two times and I just looked at him and went okay forget it and I just walked away <laughs> like uh, I was just like what do you you know obviously like you said though, it was probably had to be a guided experience now I think he was being a little overzealous I think I think he wanted to make sure we were getting through it and not getting stuck but he mm. should have let me do that uh, but instead, you know, he like kept grabbing the controller out of my hands, which was obnoxious. And then there were some like, I remember playing the Demon Souls demo before that came out. I played that for okay. the first time. And that that was funny because Atlas had like a little corner booth with one TV. And this was the only game they had there. It was <laughs> it was hilarious. Um yeah. Atlas. Yeah. I remember that. And, and so I was playing it and you could tell though the guy was like, most people aren't going to like this game. So I have to help them through it. And I remember he was trying to be like, cause I did something. He's like, well, if you want to be easiest, so you want to pick this. And I'm like, Oh, I'm fine. And no. And I remember like that game actually isn't that hard in the beginning. It's got a pretty good intro area. Um, and so I'm going around fighting. I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. I kind of like this. And originally I thought that game was a four player, like co-op RPG and it's not, you know, it's very different. Uh, as I found out, but I played it and I was like, this is actually pretty fun, but he was also trying to guide people. I think that was more so because, um, you know, because he knew it was hard and that some people get frustrated because the controls are kind of like ass when you first play that game. Cause you're like, Oh, <laughs> the, why do I have to use the shoulder buttons to attack? And the, why is this so weird? Obviously you get used to it and it, it bore the, the, the fruits of its labor are here today in the dark souls and bloodborne games, which is great. Um, but so I definitely am with you on that. Like, I mean, should it be at a place right now where they could have a demo? Yes. But like you said, they may not just have a slice that they could cut out that wouldn't look bad or have a performance issue. You know? Yeah. I mean, like I remember watching if you ever watch, if you have never watched it, you gotta watch it. It's, it's incredible information. But there was a, there's a documentary about the making of God of War that's free to watch on YouTube. Okay. And they talk about how it's like three weeks before they're supposed to like go gold. And Corey Barlog is playing it and he straight up gets to a part where in the beginning, you know, like Kratos picks up the log and he's walking with it. And the log doesn't go with him. <laughs> he just picks up nothing, but he's doing the animation of walking. And then the log like starts moving on its own. He's like, what? He's like, "What?" this wasn't broken like a week ago. What the hell is this? You know, so like that was three <laughs> weeks before it was supposed to go gold. They found something else. And so, you know, I don't think people realize like how down to the wire some of the stuff actually comes.
1: Yeah, the video, the game I had the guided experience with is, uh, I got it for Assassin's Creed Origin, um, and then I also got it for, um, Lord of the, the Shadow of the first one, and I do not like guided experiences in games, like, I just want to, I just want to try your game out, I generally don't even, like, I generally don't play demos, and exp- even at manager conference like my the thing that i found most interesting at manager conference was talking to people that make the games that i love so like i was excited to play assassin's creed origin but then when i had to like have i had to put headphones on and then i had to have this woman like guide me through the game it's like i don't i don't want to be told how to play your game uh so yeah. i could just i just noped out of line i was like screw this don't care never mind I'll buy it when it comes out. No offense. I'm gonna buy your game. I'm gonna tell people to buy your game, but I don't want to play your demo.
0: Yeah, I don't want to play it your way, you know. And I I think yep. some of the people in marketing that do that don't realize like a lot of people just want to play it for the first time. Like they just want to experience it, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. So, John, we're running a little tight on time here. So we gotta get through this next story pretty quick. So um, but here we go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for a few seconds and I'm gonna queue us up and then we'll start talking about it. you ready? Yep. All right, here we go. So lastly, on the podcast today, John, as I said earlier, we're going to be talking about this story I saw. That's uh, a pair of industry experts say the Xbox Series X will be $400 to undercut the PS5's price. So before I go into the rest of it, uh, one, I would say it is absolutely possible. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's very likely. It certainly is possible. Microsoft has the money to eat a harsh loss on the Xbox Series X. While it tries to eat at Sony's customer base, that basically they had stolen away during the 360 years and then lost during the Xbox One years. <laughs> so, all, yep. all the headway they had made. Uh, however, the two industry experts, one person I have massive respect for, one I have zero for. Um, <laughs> the, the, two, the two experts were on a mini episode of the Bonus Round Podcast with Jeff Keighley. It was Michael Pachter and. Former EA, former Xbox, former Sega head, Peter Moore. So if you can't now tell
1: who owns a football <laughs> club in Europe, I yes,
0: don't... uh, Liverpool. Uh, okay, so, so one of the, if you can't tell who I like out of this group, it's Peter Moore. I have respect for him because he's been in the yeah. industry. The other gentleman, Michael Pachter, if that name sounds vaguely familiar to you it's because every now and then some ridiculous uh i don't what do you want to say like some ridiculous uh
1: prognostication
0: theory, yes or theory will come out saying this is going to happen and you look at it and you go that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard and then it look at it and says oh michael pachter said that so i don't have to trust it but anyway so here here's uh the quote from the podcast quote from what i've seen sony's going to have to charge five hundred dollars for the ps5 and microsoft has a big balance sheet pactor says if they want to cut the price by a hundred dollars just below the ps5 and subsidize the first 10 million units they will so i think they're waiting to have sony blink first and then they'll reveal the price and launch date very likely sometime in november and very likely four hundred dollars And then Peter Moore chimed in to say, Pactor's right. What both companies are going through right now is asking, how much can we afford to lose in the first 12 to 18 months? What is our attach rate of software to hardware? What are we willing to do in year one, two, and three to hit hit, hit 10 million units? Moore also added that Microsoft is in a good overall position right now in terms of its stock price and inferred that CEO Satya Nadella should undercut the PS5 price to take an early lead in next generation console sales. So I'm going to pause the article there for a second because a couple of things. One, you can tell that more hasn't worked in the industry in a while because it's <laughs> not all about selling system units as much as it used to be. The business model has changed quite a bit. Now, it's still very important for Sony to move units and Nintendo to move units, but Microsoft, it's more important for them to get subscribers into their ecosystem. Now, that does include Xbox Series X, but to argue that, the importance of units in home now is the same as units in home was 20 years ago. It's very different. So just, just food for thought there. Um, the article goes on to say, however, while Microsoft may have the runaway to take an initial loss on the Xbox series X production, Nadella's decision will be informed by whether he thinks he can convince shareholders that launching at a low price point and higher overall sales is worth the short term risk and decreased profits despite setting Xbox up for success in the long term. It might be a tough sell because the shareholders are always cagey about anything that affects the immediate future of stock price. That's a, that's a great point, and I think that's the ultimate point is, yes, they have the money to shortchange the Xbox and cut into Sony early on, and I think it would be very damaging to the PlayStation to have the Xbox come in $100 cheaper. Yes. Uh, I, that is a big system seller for a lot of people. That's a good reason. And Microsoft will have the games this generation. They've already put the legwork in. It may not be right at launch, but they're putting the legwork in to acquire studios to make more first-party stuff. So, well,
1: Microsoft just has to look at what Sony did to Microsoft yeah. during the PS4 generation. Just follow the playbook. <laughs> Xbox was 500, PlayStation was 400, and PlayStation got a huge, huge lead. Yeah. And they also had the... Uh, not, not by a large margin, but they had this superior console at a hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah. And so and... it made sense. And at the time, like I, four years from now, system specs will not matter right now is when they matter the most. When people are looking with their wallet to be like, yep. what do I want to, I want to get the most bang for my buck right now. And this thing is a hundred dollars cheaper than this thing. And this thing is slightly better. It's got more Terra floppies. I'll get that
0: <laughs> now. Um, and 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 we know that install base is important to increased install base later. If all, and and I know that things like crossplay are getting more common. But if you have all your friends have PS4s and you like and you want, you're going to get a PS4 like that. That's human yeah. nature. That's not going to change, no matter you being able to cross play and everything. Like if all your friends have PS4 and that's what they want you to get, that's what you're going to get. And I, I feel like the people that really care about the stats and care about the level of power and everything in the beginning, I feel like those people know what they're going to get already and they're going to have the money to buy it. And if they want both, they're going to get both. You know, I don't, I don't see like those people being convinced now of anything, you know, it's like the people down the line, like you said, won't care about power in three four years they only care about what their friends have what games are on it that they want to play
1: yeah so, the, so the,
0: but but how you get end. that oh i'm sorry um really quickly i just say how you get that yeah. though is by uh, if you have the better selling game more companies make games for your console so there yeah. is something to be said for the early lead like that that's no joke like to, to get out ahead of it and have a system with a bunch more you know, have a head start because then you, you get confidence in developers and publishers to bring their software to your console.
1: When I first started at, at GameStop, I was a huge Xbox fanboy. And it was like, if you were like, oh, what console should I buy? I might give you a million reasons why Xbox is awesome. As I got smarter and as I began to understand the customer base better, I wouldn't like, if you came to me and asked me what console that you should buy, I would say, what do your friends own? Yep. What kind of games do you play? Uh, and based on the answers that you gave to those questions, I would make a recommendation. If you played games that were super specific to a Nintendo console, I might tell you to buy a Nintendo console. But if you were, if you were more of a general gamer, I would say, if you want to play online with your friends, you should buy the console you're from. You should not buy an xbox if your friends all own playstation 4 because you're not gonna be able to play with them for the most part now yeah. hopefully the the uh cross play stuff gets rid of a lot of that so you can buy whatever system you want uh and not have to worry about it but uh, my my comment still stands: buy whatever the hell your friends buy
0: <laughs> yeah and it's funny because the only the only people that like like the crossplay argument for the most part is just people who you know like their parents bought them the wrong system on christmas cuz they couldn't find the other one so crossplay yep. helps them because they can still play with their friends but for the most part yes they want what their friends have it's just how it's how it works with that stuff you want what your friends have and you want <clears throat> what is quote unquote socially acceptable so with that all being said i thought to look up hey man i just got done trash talking pactor so let's look at his track record on a few things. So I found two articles I want to look at. One of them though is from December of 2015 and the other one is from 2016. So like you had said earlier, he's been kind of irrelevant for a while. Like they don't really ask his opinion much anymore. I think he likes the gaming industry, but he's not a part of it. You know, like he, he's just a, he's just an analyst. Uh, and Does he's he worked really...
1: for like Wedbush securities. I believe.
0: Yeah. That's the last thing I always heard. I don't know if he even still is, but, uh, anyway, so this article, first of all, I'm going to say, this article is an, anti, an anti-Pactor article, okay? So it's very biased against him, but it doesn't mean that some of the things aren't true. So um, here here's just a couple of these. So um, let me see here. I want to get to the first one. So back in 2006, Mr. Pactor predicted that Nintendo will soon pull out of the console business. He also claimed <laughs> that Wii motion controls won't be accepted by the community. In short, in his eyes, the Wii is in no shape to compete with the PS3 and 360. And, of course, was dead wrong. Wii was one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Now, to be fair... So he,
1: he said that right before the Wii came out as well.
0: Y- yeah, to be fair, the Wii was like lightning in a bottle. <laughs> that was that was, a, that was a very interesting situation. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Although I will say, when I played the Wii at E3 before it came out, there was something magical about it. But I thought it was cool, and it for a different reason than most people bought it. It just hit a subset of gamers, or it, it hit a new set of gamers that weren't out there yet—moms, little the kids, right grandmas—and and, and it had an amazing pack-in title. People, I think people forget the importance of a good pack-in title. Companies don't realize, like, if you put well, your best piece of software in there, you get sales just on that. We we
1: would get people that would come in and buy like somebody that never bought a video game console before in their life, and they'd be like, "I want to, I want that Wii Bowling game." And they're talking about Wii Sports, um, which is why I am confounded by the fact that Nintendo has ignored that as a franchise. They're morons.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, dude, right now, John, I'm sold out of Wiis at the store. I have no Wiis. Crazy. I had, I had like, 40 at Christmas, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is the year I'm going to be sitting on them forever. <laughs> so, yeah. um, in 2008... The world got excited when this expert analyst claimed that Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed 2 is set in the French Revolution. Not only that, but he was sure that Altair is back for the second installment. (laughs) Except that the French Revolution takes place like 300 years after Altair was around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, After being wrong about Assassin's Creed 2 in 2009, Pactor suddenly had an epiphany and decided to enlighten us. According to him, the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and Wii would be the last consoles ever. That was going to be the last generation of consoles ever. <laughs> so um we're all
1: going to play on live.
0: Yeah, exactly. It was just going to be it was the cloud, man, the cloud. Uh in 2010, Mr. Patrick came with the idea that Connect, known as Project Natal at the time, was going to cost $50 and was actually released at $150. Uh in September of 2014, so this would have been the year Let's see, was this the year after it was out? Because the new consoles came out in 2013, right? PS4 yes. and Xbox One. Mister Pactor predicted that Xbox One is going to outsell the PlayStation 4 by 75,000 units. Unfortunately, the sales number released later showed that the PS4 sales tripled, and Pactor was wrong again.
1: Yeah, I believe Microsoft is now around 50,000 or 500 million units, and I think Sony's around like 100 to 120.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, however, then, so for the feuding articles, I decided to find one that actually showed Pactor in a little bit better light. This was actually Jason Schreier in December of 2016, hey. so four years ago. And uh, he apparently on December 27, 2013, Kotaku's Steven Totillo told us to bookmark a post and check back three years later, and so we did. <laughs> <laughs> so this was Pactor's, uh, his uh, guess, quote, we expect Sony and Microsoft's new consoles to thrive over the next three years with cumulative worldwide sales of 37.7 million PS4. And the verdict on that is true. Turns out Pagner's numbers was conservative. On December 7th, Sony announced that they had sold 50 million PS4s, an incredible number. Uh, so he basically underestimated how many they would sell. So they're giving it to him as a win. <laughs> even though he was off by 13 million. Uh, and then he also predicted 29 million Xbox ones would be sold by the end of 2016, uh, which is unclear, unfortunately, because Microsoft doesn't offer that data anymore. Um, in 2016, Blake Jorgensen let it slip that Microsoft had sold 19 million Xbox ones. So the company would have had to have moved another 10 million in that year to hit Pactor's number. Um, we quote, we do not expect Nintendo's Wii U to fare as well with cumulative sales of under twenty million by twenty sixteen. <laughs> uh verdict true. As the year winds down, Nintendo has sold roughly thirteen million Wii U consoles. They're never hitting twenty million. Uh did they end up hitting twenty? I don't, I think, don't so. Think, I think so. I think sixteen, I think, is where they ended. Um quote, we expect console prices to decline only modestly over the next three years with PS4. Pricing in the US dropping from $399 at launch to $299 by 2016. And they actually gave him a false verdict on this because they said the standard uncharted four PS4 bundle was two fifty. But to be fair to Mr. Pactor, that actually was a sale price. And the yeah. MSRP right now of PlayStation 4s is $299.99. That's an
1: easy guess though. So, so that like... was
0: that was a very easy guess. But to be fair to who was right. So even on the easy ones, you gotta give it to him he's right. Um he'd said the same thing about Xbox One saying the price would drop from 500 down to 350 and actually the Xbox had fallen down to 299 so he did not get that one right.
1: Also 250 is a stupid guess cuz consoles don't hit the $50 mark
0: he, very rarely. Yeah, yeah that was very piss poor I guess on his part. Yeah, um, during
1: a sale? Yes. Uh but alone uh like n- not on sale? No.
0: Yeah. Now this next one, while true, I feel like this is the most yeah, duh of them all. And so he said, we expect new release software pricing to remain at $59.99 in the US for the next three years. Well, yeah, they're not going to raise the price in the middle of a console generation. Like he's basically saying that they're not going to raise the MSRP from 60 to 70 over the next three years. Well, yeah, yeah, they've never done that console like they've never done that when it's when there's been like a set pricing maximum for consoles they've never done it where all of a sudden halfway through they're like oh we better start raising the price you know i mean like 64 did it when 64 games came out and they raised it to 59.99 when ps1 was essentially maxed out at 49 then the next generation stayed at because it was because gamecube and ps2 were still 49 Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Xbox 360, PS3 generation was one that jumped that was when it jumped.
0: Exactly. So, so him saying that, like from the beginning of PS4 to the end, it was gonna software would remain at fifty nine nine nine. is kind of like, yeah, duh. <laughs> like it wasn't gonna go I, anywhere else.
1: <laughs> honestly, I think it's gonna continue to stay sixty. Uh, we'll just we're gonna get more DLC crap.
0: Yeah. Well. Exactly. That's,
1: that's how they're getting you that extra money out of you, is they're they're nickel and
0: diming for random stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, and then finally, we expect Nintendo to continue producing the Wii U. And they gave him the verdict of true. Nintendo only stopped Wii U production last month. <laughs> so, I, I mean, and that's 2016. But, you know, so it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess he was right. But anyway, sort so <laughs> I wanted to be fair to him and at least give him the benefit of the doubt. So he's not like he's always wrong, but I feel like he comes out with these outlandish predictions that just are mind boggling to me. So. When he
1: wildly swings, he's wrong. When he makes easy softball guesses, he's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, right on, man. Right on. Um, all right, so that's it for news stories for today. Uh, John, what is your in your pickup pile of the week?
1: All right, so I got a couple that I got from you in here. Uh, so I got the Ratchet & Clank trilogy for PlayStation Vita. Uh, import from Europe. Uh, Phineas and Ferb Day of Doofenshmirtz, uh, another Vita import, and Alien Nation, a Chinese import uh, nice. made by the guys that did uh, uh, Zombie. Is it Zombie Nation? I don't know. There was a zombie game. Uh, it's I think Housemark did this one.
0: Zombie Nation does not sound like an actual game.
1: Have, I actually I'm pretty sure there is a Zombie Nation game. I'm willing to <laughs> Sounds pop like that, a bad Netflix series dollars on it. Um <laughs> It may not be the name of the game I'm thinking of. Um uh, I've got Alliance Alive HD remastered for PS4 um and then Dark Siders Genesis.
0: Nice. Yeah, that was on sale at GameStop, right? Yep. Yeah, like 17.99, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a nice good good price. Uh, and then Sparklight for Xbox, which uh, this game, for some reason, kept staying at like 30, 40 bucks and then finally dropped down to 12 bucks. So it's like, hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, it's a very, it's a very like Zelda, uh, Super Nintendo type uh, side scroll, top down RPG. So it's pretty fun. It's like total, it's it's like steampunk Super Nintendo Zelda. I'm, I was playing nice. it a little bit today. It's pretty sweet so and I, then oh yeah go ahead oh yeah
0: go ahead no no sorry you're good go ahead
1: uh and then i got monster energy supercross 2 <laughs> for xbox one as well
0: i like so all you can $8. see i like all you can see on that is the monster logo and a two <laughs> that's all you yeah. can read on the cover <laughs> comes with a can of mouth anyway. i wish <laughs>
1: uh so what did you pick up this week all right so i actually
0: think? i think i screwed it up because don't we normally do game of the week and then we do our pickup pile of the week right I don't know. I don't uh, well, it doesn't part. matter. I screwed it up. It doesn't matter. So I only have one thing in my pickup pile, and it actually okay. goes along with our last week and week before stuff, but I also ordered from Japan. I got the actual TurboGrafx-16 Mini. Got mine in oh, the mail okay. yesterday. Nice. So they're shipping the U.S. version of this, ESRB logo and everything on here. They're shipping it on Amazon Japan. Got it for okay. 120 bucks shipped, which it's going to normally be 100 bucks here. And I could have got it with free shipping. So if I had waited until whenever they release them in the States, I would have saved 20 bucks. But I got it. Got it today. Got my turbografx 16. This box is sweet. Um, so now I have all three of the turbo slash PC engine mini consoles. Um, so it's got cool.
1: the ESRB logo on the yeah. Japanese, the one you got from
0: Well, I bought the US version from Amazon Japan. They're shipping them from Amazon okay. Japan, but they don't but Amazon US says all of our pre-orders are backed up to next year. That's so, so bizarre. So I have no idea like what's going on with the distribution of this thing at all. Like it makes no sense. And and a lot of things on Amazon Japan don't ship to the U S and this ship, no problem. And DHL got it to me in like <laughs> two days. It's mental.
1: Nice. Yeah. Um, I got, I got mine last week really quick too.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's awesome. Uh, so that's actually all I had. I, I'm just not getting anything lately. Like I'm on just a freeze lately. Um, but, uh, John, what is your game of the week? Have you picked out just a real absolute banger for us? Um,
1: if, if you can see my full frame, it's been right next to my license plate for a bit. Um, my game of the week is Tony Hawk 2 or, or Dreamcast.
0: Now, did you specifically pick the Dreamcast version or did you just grab it? Cause that was the one you had close by.
1: Um... The Dreamcast version is by far the superior version of the oh game. Oh my god! But that uh, controller—how
0: do you play? How do you play that with that D-pad? I love the Dreamcast, but that D-pad is ass.
1: I I was able to be good with it. <laughs> oh, all right, fair that enough. <laughs> I love that game.
0: I think Tony Hawk 2 is technically the first one I played. So, oh,
1: okay. But just the, the, the graphics are a hell of a lot better. On
0: yeah, that was really what uh, it came down to. Is just the, the the controller. Just and I like the Dreamcast, and I like the analog stick. I like the triggers. I like the buttons. That D pad though is just is rancid to me. I just hate it.
1: Well, I played Tony Hawk 2X on the Duke controller <laughs> on the original Xbox.
0: Now and, that D pad uh, sucks.
1: The D pad sucks, and those buttons—the A, B, X—swanee shaped, and they're sideways. Yeah. And the way that I, I I play Tony Hawk with like this claw method, where I use my middle finger to press the <laughs> Y button to grind, and I had like an indent on my finger grinding in Tony Hawk 2X a long time and it hurt um, so I really didn't I stopped playing the Tony Hawk games on the Duke uh, and didn't play them again until the Japanese S controllers came out I, I ended up getting an Xbox S controller at Sam Goody in the mall because uh, they imported them before they hit the US
0: why would they release that controller in Japan first That console, it sold they sold like 100 Xboxes total in Japan
1: yeah, the the <laughs> cuz the Japanese ones had a the jewel in the middle of the controller was bright green. And then mm-hmm. the American one they changed it.
0: I've had a few of those come through the store too. Like I've seen I've seen yeah. those a lot and it's I always get weirded out by it and I'm like, "Well, this is real." And I forget that they're the import ones. Yep.
1: So what is your game of the week this week?
0: Well, I'll be honest, I forgot to pick one. Uh, I, well, I sat down and I, I had my pickup pile and then I was like, Oh snap, I forgot my game of the week. But since I mentioned it earlier and it's in line with my PS one games and alphabetically we're getting towards the end, I'm going to stick with the game I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Silverload. So if you like old point and click adventure games where you basically just have a screen that's, it's got minimal movement and you move a little cursor around, you can interact with items. You can look at them. You can pick them up. You can talk to people. And it's a, it's a wild west supernatural game. So it's got like monsters and like where it's got like vampires and monsters. I mean, you don't really know what's going on in the beginning. So spoiler, I guess for a 25 year old game. (laughs) Um, But uh, it, it's just really creepy and all the art, it's all pixel art still. They didn't try to do it 3d like D did. And they didn't try to like Mm mist where they use like um, pre-rendered backgrounds it's, it's like all like hand-drawn and it really reminds me of those old Sierra point-and-click adventure games like King's Quest and some of those other ones. And it's really, really good and it's creepy and it's super hard and they don't give you any hints. And like, like for instance, there's something you have to get at one point, you have to get like a knife somewhere and then you have to go into like a slaughterhouse and you have to have a bucket and you have to actually like use the knife on the pig and it you you, you gut it and then the blood pours into the bucket. If you don't put the bucket down... You cut it, the blood just hits the floor, and then you can't do it again. And so, like, you you, you get stuck in the game. <laughs> if you do it and save it after that, you're done. You got to start all over. It's crazy. It's madness. Um, but if you like point-and-click adventure games, it's cool. It's a unique game. It's dark. It's twisted. Um, it's cool. It's cool. If, if you like adventure games, uh, point-and-click, I highly recommend it. If you like stuff like Maniac Mansion, um, you know, most recently, um, I've been playing a game called Virtuaverse, uh, which I'll have some more info to talk about next week because I'll only played a little bit, but uh, I just love those classic adventure games. Like, I think point-and-click games were some of the first computer games I ever played back in the 90s, so they hold a special place for me.
1: Actually, they just announced that uh, um, Day of the Tentacle, uh, Full Throttle, and Grim Fandango are all going to be coming to Xbox. Um, Tim Schafer announced that on a podcast
0: today. Nice, nice. And, um, they, and then... They, they're remastering that
1: oh. they just go straight into game pass
0: nice yeah and they're remastering blade runner which was a point-and-click adventure on pc they're redoing that and limited runs doing the physical of that
1: wasn't that like the first game that was on a dvd
0: i don't know like, I-, I, remember- I thought
1: there was a dvd version uh because i remember seeing it in circuit city and seeing a sticker on the cover that said like that it was something special about it. And I was like, DVD drive, huh. who the hell has one of those?
0: So I just looked over at mine. Cause I've got the PC big box version and mine's a CD ROM mm-hmm. version. So sadly, okay. no DVD for me. Um, but yeah, so that game was another point and click adventure game. And it even had like the, the picture thing. So y- when you go to like this, this pet shop that was robbed, you look at the picture and you have to do like the enhanced enhanced. And it would actually like zoom in on the picture and you had to find clues in the pictures. It was awesome. Yeah, if you love classic uh, classic Point Clicks, that game, I can't wait for the remaster of that. That's going to be fantastic.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to pick that one up. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. Um, but that is it uh, for the show for this week, everybody. It's You wouldn't think it, but it's been two hours and 15 minutes already. <laughs> yeah sorry (laughs) so uh hey it's how it goes man you get i should have known that that xbox thing was going to take longer since we were watching along with it but um thank you as everybody as always for listening and watching thanks for sticking around with us hope you had a good time you can follow me on twitter at game trade greg you can follow john on twitter at dryer combo and of course you can subscribe to my youtube channel at youtube.com slash drop rate or on twitch at youtube.com slash the (laughs) drop i just said youtube twitch.tv slash the (laughs) drop (laughs) rate You can subscribe to me on Twitch at YouTube. Yeah, derp. Um, and, of course, you can listen to this wherever you can find it. We're on iTunes. You can subscribe there and, of course, on Spotify as well. And SoundCloud if you like listening to it uh, as a dinosaur. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so thank you, everybody, as always, for listening and watching. Say goodbye, John. See ya, And we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye.